2020 has been a wild year so far that none of us could have predicted. From celebrity deaths to a global pandemic, police brutality, and the list just seems to go on and on. It's basically served everything in a silver platter right in front of us and said, here you go, bon appetit. On today's episode of the Disconnect Podcast, I sit down to discuss the DMCA apocalypse that has taken Twitch by storm, the hits that Google Stadia just seems to keep on taking, and my brief thoughts on the importance on why black content creators need to be included in the discussion when it comes to sponsorships and opportunities in the gaming industry. I also sit down for a one-on-one interview with Twitch partner and voice actor Data Dave to discuss his successes, his inspirations, and his life lessons. All that and more on today's episode of the Disconnect Podcast. Roll the music. What's going on world? This is your host Marvelous Play and welcome back to the Disconnect Podcast. We are your bi-monthly source for topics across the world of gaming, live streaming, and society headlines. Here, we aim to spark conversation. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars to help bump us up in the search algorithm and help expose us to potential new listeners. If you want to make a financial contribution to the show, then you can do so by heading over to redcircle.com slash disconnect podcast and donate whatever amount you may see fit. Links are in the description. Now let's get to it. Well, we knew this day was coming, but we didn't expect it to arrive so soon. The DMCA apocalypse has finally arrived on Twitch and not many people are too happy about it. Actually, people are pissed. Rightfully so, since Twitch as a platform has not been and is still not ready to deal with an issue of this magnitude, given the lack of removal tools for these flagged individual clips. Now, when I talk about these clips, what am I talking about? We're talking about clips that contain copyrighted music that whether purposefully or accidentally were cut from a streamer's live broadcast. Now, many streamers have been hit with copyright strikes, while many more are scrambling to delete hours upon hours of archive footage dating back from 2017 to 2019. This is a two-part problem. Problem number one, Many streamers and users were well aware of the DMCA policies on Twitch, but continuously streamed music that they did not have the rights to. Now look, I've been guilty of it in the past, you've been guilty of it, and so have other streamers and content creators across multiple platforms. But rather than sit here and linger about that, let's just move forward. Twitch has also failed its streamers by not empowering them with creator tools to delete clips and VODs in mass. Now look, Twitch has the power to mute VODs, but the ability to mute VODs is more so a means to reduce their corporate liability, not really protect yours. We can also throw a third party into this equation, which we probably should. Let's talk about the antiquated copyright laws that both protect and limit the mediums by which we can share and enjoy our music. Many of these laws have not been touched since 95 to 98, well before the existence of Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and many of the other social media platforms that we know and enjoy today. In a statement posted to their support Twitter, Twitch responds, This week we've had a sudden influx of DMCA takedown requests for clips with background music from 2017 to 2019. If you're unsure about rights to audio and past streams, we advise removing those clips. We know many of you have large archives and we're working to make this easier. This is the first time we have received mass DMCA claims against clips. We understand this has been stressful for affected creators and are working on solutions. 
including examining how we can give you more control over your clips. Once again, reinforcing that they have no current tools in place. This is a strange time to be on Twitch, given the fact that we are sure to hear a lot less music from streamers unless that music is copyright and royalty free. However, this is not a brand new concept for vloggers, content creators, personalities, and streamers that have been dealing with this for years on YouTube. As of me recording this podcast, I don't believe there's a single Twitch streamer that has received all three channel strikes against their channel to be permanently banned off of the platform. However, there are many more who have received their very first copyright strike. A scary concept when you consider many full-time streamers, and even aspiring full-time streamers, utilize Twitch as a significant source of their income. Now what this means for their brands and their livelihoods going forward, no one knows. Only time will tell. Google Stadia just keeps taking hits and I'm not sure how much longer they can hold out. While Sony and Microsoft are both prepping their next-gen console releases and Microsoft with its own xCloud gaming service, the news about Stadia just keeps pouring in and not in the best of light. It's only been 6 months since launch and things are looking pretty grim for the Google-backed cloud gaming service. Many developers are choosing to walk away from the platform, while many more do not consider it a priority to develop for it all. This is just another blow for the thousands of consumers who were promised a premier cloud gaming experience where downloads don't exist, 4K resolution with 60 frames per second, and no additional local hardware to run and play their favorite games. Now while this all sounds good in theory, many Stadia users have been vocal about the lackluster features and underwhelming results. The biggest hit to date? The most anticipated game of the year and easily my most anticipated game period? Cyberpunk 2077 will not arrive to Stadia users on launch alongside its PC and console counterparts on September 17th. It only gets worse as they have not locked down a launch date but have rather given it a by the end of the year blanket statement. Quite the disappointment when you realize and check the official Cyberpunk 2077 website and realize that the game has already been made available for pre-order on all major platforms minus Stadia which still does not offer its users a pre-order option built in on a fundamental platform level. Even major studio CEOs have been quite vocal about the current state of Google Stadia. In a recent interview, Strauss Zelnick, the CEO of Take-Two Interactive, the parent company that owns Rockstar and 2K Games, stated his thoughts about Google Stadia quite frankly. The launch of Stadia has been slow. I think there was some overpromising on what the technology could deliver and some consumer disappointment as a result. Ouch. To add insult to injury, Cyberpunk 2077 will be made available to launch on another cloud streaming service, NVIDIA's GeForce Now. GeForce Now members will be able to purchase their copy of Cyberpunk through Steam and have the game made available to play when it releases to the general public. Now with a lackluster roster of games and very few same day releases as its PC and console counterparts, one has to wonder what plans Google has up its sleeves to keep Google Stadia relevant in the conversation of cloud gaming services going forward into the future. For today's final podcast topic, I want to express my concerns on something that's been heavily on my mind. In order to do this clearly and effectively, I took to Google Docs and organized my thoughts and feelings. So if you see me reading over quite a bit, it is what it is. It's my best attempt at staying organized. So, without further ado, let me step on my soapbox and my beliefs and present to you what I have. Today, I want to briefly discuss a topic that is heavy on my mind and needs to be addressed. The clear lack of diversity when it comes to, when it comes to game sponsorships and opportunities. More specifically, the sponsorships and opportunities in regards to black content creators. 
Black content creators have been here. We have been putting in the work and we've been dope. We have just not been represented in the best light possible when it comes time for our just dues. So I decided to conduct a brief search on the internet. To no surprise, there are few companies that are actively paired with black content creators in this streaming space. Even those that are paired with black content creators rarely put them in the forefront for media opportunities and presence. This troubles me quite a bit. There are many of our finest that have the ability to move products by the boatload while also providing teachable moments for the next generation of content creators. Take Mira as an example. Mira has an incredible outreach on her SimCC content alone. We're not even throwing in the forums, the YouTube, and all her other social media accounts. The gaming Illuminati has a mass outreach to everyone, but especially the black consumer, when it comes to their website, podcasts, and various stream team members who represent all walks of the black experience. Streamers like I Am Brandon and today's guest, Data Dave, have been holding it down not only for the black community, but also the LGBTQIA communities that they serve as well. It's a shame that our creators are only getting their notice now given the social climate of things. However, I urge all black content creators to use this time to gain the exposure you have been passed over for in the past. Not by cheap tricks, not by unethical tactics or backstabbing your fellow peers, but by doing what we have always done, being excellent, producing content, and being dope, plain and simple. There is beauty in a more diverse platform. Consumers will soon realize they were craving multiple points of view and walks of life, even if it didn't look like theirs. That's when you realize that although we have differences, we have similarities as well. Similarities and stories that can reach the hearts and minds of many and not just a select few. Stories that can push back the stereotypes of who we were thought to be versus who we actually are. So to my black content creators, keep marketing yourself. Keep the pressure on these companies and make your presence known. Not solely for the basis of our skin, but because our outlook represents a true depiction of a diverse America. We are not a monolith or one walk of life. We encompass it all. To our allies and accomplices, stand louder and more firmly than before with us. Utilize your platform and your privilege to amplify the voice of your favorite black content creators. No one should be in this fight alone. Implicit bias is all around us, but it's our duty to call it out when it rears its ugly head. Through a unified voice and hitting the companies where it matters the most, their bottom line, we can let them know the landscape needs to be more reflective of what we see in our day-to-day -day lives. To the companies, blanket statements will no longer cut it. We want measurable action that produces visible change. The end consumer has the ability to take their money away as quickly as they offer it up for your goods and services. If you want to make a profit, then the profit should only be made when your opportunities reflect the background of the people who do business with you. This is not negotiable. This is a fact. Follow through and do your research. Strive to understand more. Strive to learn more. Check your implicit bias at the door and allow us the opportunity to show the potential we knew we had all along. Because we are dope. We do put in the work. And we are not going anywhere. Today's podcast guest is a gentleman that needs no introduction, but we're going to give it to him anyway. He's a Twitch partner, ambassador, and a voice actor. But more importantly than that, he's a huge advocate for equality. If you take one look through his Twitter, his Twitch, and your YouTube, you'll soon realize why so many in the community not only love him, but respect him. So please drop all of your emotes and all of your love in the comment section down below for the one and the only Data Dave. 
Yo, what's going on, Dave? How you doing today, man? I'm doing smooth, man. How you doing yourself? I'm doing good. Working with a little bit of technical difficulties here and there. People might, you know, hear the horror stories when they see this video, but uh, we're working through it, so I can't complain. <laughs> it all works out in the end, man. True, true indeed. So before we get into the real meat and potatoes of who is Data Dave and what makes you this vibrant personality that we've come to know and love on Twitch, I just want to ask you a simple question. Before you even knew about the podcast, how did you feel when Chelsea had tweeted out and you had seen that clip that she wanted you to be the next person I interviewed for like the segment of this show? I felt amazing, honestly. Chelsea is great, by the way. So anybody listening, please check her out. She's a sweetheart. I really, she said a lot of good things about me. And I was like, wow, I'm humbled. Like, you know, the words, she was extremely kind. I actually went back and watched the entire episode and listened. And I was just like, wow, you say all these things? I'm, I'm pretty all right. You know, but she's great. Definitely check her out. And I, I really appreciated it. Yeah, she is a sweetheart. And she got just very personal about her experiences, especially the moment she was talking about going to college, the roadside incident, I think we all could relate to that just because we know what it means to kind of like push yourself and want to do better underlying um, motivation, but not at the risk of like harming yourself, bringing that sadness down upon you like your loved ones. I'm not gonna lie, I started to drop some man tears on that one because that hit home, that hit home hard. I feel it, man. I do feel it indeed. For those of you who are watching, if you are not, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, I do encourage y'all to go back and watch episode two of the podcast and that interview with Chelsea and just kind of bring yourself up to speed. But today we're talking with our man Data Dave. And so we really want to get to know more about you. And I have definitely a lot of questions I want to answer. I mean, I want to ask, not answer, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask. <laughs> But a lot of questions I definitely want to ask you uh, because I'm a big fan of your work and a big fan of your channel. I don't say much often when I come in there, but I think it was now let me refresh myself. I think it was maybe like five, six months ago I came across your channel and I think I came through it thanks to either it was the recommended channels on the side or it was because I think you had got raided by somebody that I knew. But either way, I was just a fan. I was like, yep. Yep, this is the place I want to be, especially because you were playing uh, Paper Mario. So that, oh uh, man, I love that game, man. It's one of my favorites. But yo, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Of course, man. I got to give you your roses and got to give you your props while you're here, man. Because so many times people don't, and then we'd be like, man, I should have let somebody know how much I truly appreciate like the impact they have and uh, what they've done. So I got to let you know that up front, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. We got to do a lot more of that. I mean, a quick tangent. And, you know, I didn't know I meant this much as a person. It's my younger brother. I know we're going on a tangent, but, like, he called me the other day. He's, like, he's been actually trying to thank people for their influence in life because he feels people don't hear that enough. So he's like, David, I'm like, yo, what's up, bro? Like, you know, it's, it's my younger brother. We have casual conversation. And then he just went into great detail. I respect you for the Twitch grind, how you say, like, I came to him, in, like, a, a year or two ago. I want to be a voice actor. Then seeing some of those things come into fruition, just, like, you just – dove right into it did research and just you know he said just for being an overall good brother like even if we argue you're always the first to say all right let's just calm down talking out so that meant a lot and i'm just like you know i don't think that in that type of relationship often so mm -hmm. definitely do that put that into practice everybody yeah very true and uh it, the worst thing you can ever do is leave a situation or leave somebody like in anger and so even now I've been trying to get into a practice, like even if I'm mad at you, I'm not gonna yell and say I hate you or whatever. 
got into the habit now even when i'm angry i'm just like okay i love you too <laughs> because i'm upset with you you've made me frustrated but at the end of the day it's still love so gotta let people know exactly so let's get into some of these questions this is what people come for and this is what people love about this because i feel often times on twitch because we're playing games we're you know catering to chat and we're catering to the people that we're playing games with at times that people don't get always the questions or ask the questions that they want to the most so i think this is a good outlet for it so first and foremost for those who are just meeting you now who is Data Dave? Like, tell us some relevant background information that we should know about you as an individual. Ah, uh, let's see. Well, first off, I'm Dave. You know, day to day with Data Dave. I have to say that slower because people are like, "Why are you saying your name twice?" It's kind of a play off the word <laughs> that matter. Um, I mean, I just kind of like playing what I enjoy at the moment. Like, quite often times you'll see me on Pokemon because, like. I don't know if anybody plays games like this, but I love video games to where you can find rare things. It's like, eh, you mm -hmm. got like a 0.5 out of 0.5% chance of finding this. I get so excited when I find it. Like, I'll spend hours grinding in games, MMOs and stuff, just so I can be like, yo, I got it. So Pokemon is right down my alley because uh, shiny hunting was it's like finding this rare, like you got a 1 out of 8,000 chance of this happening. So I've always been that guy. I say treasure hunter in games. But um, the games... Like Pokemon, I love MMOs, seeing the growth and progression. Uh, you can find me in that. Relevant things, relevant things. I'm trying to think. Uh, I voice act, you know, I've got mm -hmm. the idea to start doing that last year. And I was like, well, you know, I graduated with a master's degree in computer science. Like, I, I don't know about acting or stage plays or how to voice a character realistically. So what I did, it was like, you know what? I'm going to go online and find a coach. And I worked with that coach. I still worked with them to this day. And then I was like, wait, I want to learn more. Got another coach. Then I'm like, wait, but I want to learn an improv. Got another coach. <laughs> oh, but like, how do I get a realistic thing? Like, is there a pro I can talk to? Looked up a pro, uh, Crispin Freeman, uh, the voice of Winston from Overwatch. It's Ooh, expensive. nice. It's expensive, but he does classes. And now we have one-on-one -on -one sessions. I had my first one last week. Having another Wednesday. And like, what I love about him is that he's extremely not rude but he's like extremely blunt like he's just gonna tell you how it is like if you do a bad take you like stop like do that again but it's not in a rude way it's like yeah know, i'm trying to help you i can't let you have these bad habits because i'm learning a lot at once and like it just it like every session i leave like dang i got a lot to work on but like wow that's really practical advice as things work on i can go to details on all the vocal coaches all day if you like you know there's another note <laughs> you know. hey go for it <laughs> All right, cool. All right, I'm taking over a whole tangent. But uh, you know Dee Dee Pickles from Rugrats? Yes. She leads improv classes online. So I'm taking that with her, you know. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's been pretty it's been pretty fun improv. And I can't lie, I was a little intimidated the first session. Like she's like, act this with me. I'm like, uh, <laughs> me? <laughs> but it's been fun doing that. You know, Lisa Biggs is for commercial. Like she's helping me out mainly with commercial and she voices lots of characters. And Tomas Bells, who I started with, who got me more comfortable with even voice acting, and I got there on stream. But yeah, you know, it's kind of cool. I think that's actually pretty amazing because voice acting seems to be one of those industries, like, it's just a staple of entertainment. I don't care what we're talking about, whether it's video games, whether we're talking animated series, even when we're talking live action like movies, because, you know, even for international films, you have your subs, you have your dubs, which still requires voiceover work. So it's just such a staple that will never, in my opinion, never go away. And it's hard to find like true talent in that industry because 
you have all these characters you have all these archetypes you have all these different genres and depending on how you need pronunciation how you need that inflection it's just so many things that go into it that people don't see they just think hey you're reading off of a script a piece of paper or a prompter and that's it and i'm like no so much more so much it's crazy i guess i got to go on the tangent with you so when hey, you got, like this so when, when you got into voice acting or when you got got bit by the voice acting bug who was the very first person you expressed that interest to Hmm. Uh, let's see. So when I got the bug, honestly, I just started telling stream, you know, I was like, Hey, I'm interested in voice acting. You know, any voice actors, you know what I mean? Just any streamers you watch and things of that nature. Yeah. And so that's how early, early on, I think this was like, I want to say a year, but I think it was two years ago. I watched Kagi films. I feel like I say his name wrong all the time, but Kagi <laughs> films or Kagi films. He's a great guy, amazing content creator. I was watching him stream Shaman King, like from PlayStation, PlayStation mm -hmm. 2. And he was doing, not like going full-fledged voice acting, but it's like he's voiced the characters. I'm like, yo, that's cool. I want to do that for my stream. You know, like it was just like, uh, I feel like that'll be fun. But me, I was a little bit more like reserved at the time. And I tried it. It's like, voice this character. Oh, I'm voice this character. All right, we're going to switch characters. Oh, I'm voice this character. Like, it wasn't really a big difference. It wasn't as a dramatic performance you know but i was yeah. like this is to me. I, don't, I don't know how to do this so that that's i shared it with stream first because i always let them know like ideas for content and things i want to do nice i think that's actually very dope and how has stream been like receptive to you creeping into the voice acting like industry have they, they had been... oh sorry i let you finish first no i was gonna say just how have they been receptive have you met have you had any voice actors like come into stream and like give some on the fly tips or, you know, just anything you want to share about that. Man, so in regards to stream first, they've been extremely supportive. I mean, they roast me sometimes, but that's kind of my community. We, we kind of josh and joke. But like, you know, I have a section in Discord called voice acting because as I learn things, I want other people to be able to learn how to get in the industry. You know, or learn what I know or share that information. Like anything I learn, I want to give it to them. So what I do in that section, almost every day or every time I audition, if I'm able to, I put that audition in there and I'm like, you can just tell me if you liked it, what you like, what you didn't like, like be critical, you know? Like what was funny that just happened recently, one of my mods, Nick, uh, I tried out for this grumpy character. He was like, Dave, like, it feels like you're giving the intention of being grumpy, but you're not really being grumpy or angry this part. Like I would redo it, try to be a little bit more this, this. So he gave me advice. Then I redid it. He's like, yeah, that's a bit better. You can work on these things. Would you believe that audition actually got me booked? I think this morning someone just mentioned, hey, you got this. And I'm like, oh, and that's why I went to him. I was like, thank you. You know, so <laughs> they've been extremely supportive. And what's cool to see is that now we got one person from another Discord. You know, I was getting feedback. He found my stream by chance. And now he uploads his auditions in there. And we got people that discuss. And now someone else is learning and starting to upload the takes and I can give them examples of how I would go about it. So, you know, the community is yep. building in that sense. And then through streaming, naturally, um, a few more voice actors and actresses that I've met, you know, one rated me and I'm like, oh, cool. And then we just kind of chopped it up and, you know, maybe that could be content in the future. So, you know, it's just kind of building as it goes, as I go further into it. And I do, vo I do uh, voiceover readings or webtoon readings with voice acted every Wednesday with that sea monster she's a voice actress she's been in the anime she does audiobooks she does the whole nine so i've been learning a lot from her too oh very nice and that was going to be my next question while we're on this tangent i know we're on a tangent but i like tangents hey, that's okay i'm enjoying so, it 
I was also going to ask you, when it comes to voice acting, if there was one particular genre, what would you want to get into, like, primarily? Would you want to focus on video gaming? Would you want to do anime? Or would you want to be the jack-of-all-trades? I'd love to do anime and games. Like, it's more so about being the character and being recognized for the characters. You know what I mean? Like, I I want to in that type of role to be like oh i could play this hero i could play this villain like just the fun in doing that so just as long as i could play some things preferably those two areas we're going to come back to that for sure because i got way more questions to ask in regards to that naturally i found you on twitch and twitch is kind of looked at as like the premier landscape for like live streaming gaming i mean there's so much many more things that you can do on twitch now besides gaming of course we've got like streaming I mean, we've got in real life, we got just chatting, we got painting, like we got people who do woodwork, metal crafting, like it just boggles my mind what all is available on Twitch now. But in terms of like the gaming aspect, who and what got you started in the world of gaming? And do you remember how old you were at the time? Um, I remember being extremely young. I had two answers. It's kind of funny. But uh, from my earliest memory, what I can remember is playing a Sega Genesis with my auntie. Like, we mm-hmm. all lived in the same house, you know, like, I had my two aunts, mom, grandpa, grandma, like, we all were in the same place in Chicago. And, like, she had Toe Jam and Earl, and it was a two-player game. It's her Sega Genesis. It's not mine. But I just remember, like, how many days we were playing it. I kept dying. She kept dying. And then we beat the game. <laughs> and after we beat the game, she actually gave me that Sega Genesis. You know what I mean? It gave me. Nice. So that, that was, like, my first real-world system. But ironically, the next game I got after that, you know, it was Pokemon Red, and that started my love for Pokemon and the games of that nature. So that's, like, my earliest memory of it. But who started me, like, introduced me to gaming. I don't remember what game. I just remember being super young is my dad. Like, my dad worked and built computers and worked in IT and such. And, like, you know, since I was young and always bothered him with, like, stuff, he showed me how to build a computer, how to play the CD-ROM. So I'm, like, three, four years old, like, cd all right i'm playing you know so they taught Mm -hmm. me that really early on i definitely can appreciate that answer because for me my first console my first exposure to video games was a sega genesis when i got that sega genesis i think i was like maybe four or five years old and i was asleep at the time i had woke up and in the living room all i could remember was my older sister was sitting at the tv with the sega genesis and it came with one game it came with sonic the hedgehog 2 and uh, that's what just like kicked it off for me. And I was like, well, I was like, it's over. It's just something about bringing like self happiness right there within like your house, your uh, room and just making connections with people through like a shared mutual interest. There's nothing like it. Right about that indeed, man. You also mentioned earlier that you graduated with a master's degree in computer science. So my question to you is, what or who motivated you as a black man to get into the tech industry? And how has your experience been in that regards? I'd say in undergrad, originally I was a dual degree engineering major. Like me, I've always fancied like computers, games, et cetera, you know? So initially I was like, okay, well in college, I should do something so I could become a game developer. Like that was the original dream goal. But the more I looked into it, not saying anything's wrong with game development, I was like, I feel like I'm just passionate about video games, not passionate about the process of creating them, you know? So what I decided to do, instead of just going full-fledged engineering and such, I was like, let me go computer science because it's such a broad field. Like computer science can be networking, developing, can be software development, you know, even creating games. So 
I could just cover the whole nine and just kind of figure out where I want to go. I recently graduated last year in May with the master's, you know, and now I'm just kind of feeling my way in the computer science space. So nice. it's been pretty chill. You know, I've been a student for a long time, but it's been interesting. That's actually very dope. And then I think talking to Chelsea, and she mentioned that to me because I didn't know. Is she, uh, she was talking about, well, you know, he's got his master's degree now and he's teaching. So she did the, you know, he's kind of above us all now, you know? <laughs> nah, not at all. <laughs> but I honestly think that's dope, though. It's one thing not only to just be able to practice it and put it in motion, but it's another thing to not only like get a higher education in it, but also help others get into the field. So in regards to the teaching aspect or mentoring others, what has that felt like? Cause I've done it briefly as a TA, but not nearly in the, the, like the scope of what you have done. It's interesting. Like this past semester. So starting in January to literally last month was my first time teaching college. Like I've taught third to eighth graders before uh and all other stuff but teaching college students very interesting experience like it has its pros and cons like the pros is like oh man you know change the world you know i'm trying to educate the, you know the future students the future computer science professionals and stuff which feels good it does but the process man it, it has been a lot you know what i mean i think at least for any teachers listen to especially new ones you have to be the most important thing is to be consistent you know how like you know assignments do people miss a deadline and you give leniency Mm -hmm. I, I'd usually be like, okay, I know what it's like to be a college student, give leniency. I did that like January, February, March. But by the time May came, a lot of that was like, yo, I need y'all to turn these in. Y'all can't, you know, if it's deadline, it's a deadline, I'll cut it off. But like, mm -hmm. by starting to do that roughly around April, the quality of work started to improve because they was like, no, I can't slack. You know what I mean? That's my goal. I want them to improve, not slack. So you know what I mean? I'd say that consistency is, then turn it in. That's crazy. Um, you got the next assignment. Did a lot of students more good than just saying, I'll let you turn it in late. I'll grade easily, you know? Yeah. But it's been an experience. It's been a learning process. I've been learning how to be a better teacher, to be a bit more, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Ah, I can't figure it out. Just be tougher. Be tougher, basically, for people's benefit. Gotcha. Now, with that experience, not only from the teaching standpoint, have you noticed that that spilled into, like, other areas of, like, life when it comes to dealing with people? I'd say I'm better better dealing with people one-on-one -on -one or, like, individuals there than being, like, I teach a class, I have people under me. Yeah. Because I'm very understanding in all my things, and I'm, like, relationships, friendships, all that other stuff. But in, like, teaching, it's like, okay, this is kind of a new space. Like, I lead this class. You know what I mean? I, I, I think I would give that same understanding and situation to the students, but that wasn't benefiting them. Because it's like you need to be tough sometimes to get that result. So I, it's, a, it's a learning process. It is. I can see where you're coming from with that, especially on a one-on-one -on -one basis. It, I don't know. With I much rather prefer the whole one-on-one -on -one aspect when it comes to teaching and mentorship with anything rather than like being over a class, which we should be used to given like this whole streaming thing and things of that nature. But when you're having people rely on you to teach or to mentor them like one-on-one -on -one to me has always been the best method i don't know it's just something about seeing a sea of people and trying to teach and mentor some that just like just puts a mental block on me it's a lot man it's a lot man but hey you know 
long as you, your heart's in the right place, at least regards to me too, like my heart's in the right place, I think things will work out in that space. And if you choose to do something like that too, absolutely, it will. Thank you for, uh, for answering that one. Okay, I got to give you one random question, and I got to throw these in every so often. So shout out to uh, the girl Cup of Noodle, right? <laughs> we all know her and love her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but explain to me, how was your very first hot pot uh, hot pot experience? Because she briefly <laughs> talked about that, because she is adamant that she will never do Korean barbecue or any other experience where you have to cook your own food. So please go into detail oh, about that. All right, I'm not the best chef. Oh man, Cup, you are amazing, by the way. You are amazing. That, that experience, there's a lot that night. I'll give you the short version of it, but basically, I had no idea what hot pot is. You know, they've had hot pot stuff before. Like, you gotta put the noodles in the soup, and then with the soup, you gotta pull it out and stuff. So, I, I forgot the name of it, like what we had, but basically, they ordered three, and I ordered one of them, and just one of them was not that good at all. Like, I think we got, like, <laughs> soup water, like, it tastes like water, but you were roasted in and stuff, too, and I'm like, it's fun to me. And then me, I'm confused. I'm like, how long do I put this in there? I put it in there too, a too short of a time, or I put it a long time. So, Cup literally is like, all right, Dave, you know, let me just grab, like, a marker a pen, just dude. So, she's cooking my food. I'm feeling bad. I'm like, ah, uh, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm new to this. I don't know what's going on, but she helped me out with that. And it was an experience. It was an experience. I'm not crazy over hot pot now, but that was really kind of her. I'm sitting next to her like, I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Maybe I should order something else. But it was a fun time. I always remember that one, but it, it was an experience. I have to bring that up because that was hilarious when she when she brought that up to me. And, it, and just hearing your description of it just like aligns exactly with what she was like telling me. She said, you were there. She was there. I think J-Rock was J -Rock. there. Brittany, uh, Britt was yeah. there, and yep. and Loading. the way, yep, yep, the experience. Like she always wanted to try it, but she's like, now I will never look at hot pot the exact same way because I cannot cook my own food. She's like, if I can't have it prepared, if I'm paying for it, and if it doesn't come out prepared, I don't want it anymore. She said, I think the only person whose food came out right was like J Rock because he had previous experience. She said Britt tried to cook her own barbecue. That didn't work. Like she burnt the food. Don't tell Britt we said that. But uh -huh. <laughs> it was an experience. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm here. <laughs> the appetizers are great. <laughs> so with that being said, if this quarantine ever lifts, and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about TwitchCon. I don't think we're gonna get a TwitchCon this year. I, I highly yeah. doubt it. Cause they would have been sending out emails and stuff about hotels and everything by now. But mm -hmm. in hopes of next year, if the opportunity arises again, would you give it a second shot? Nope. But if you want to go, <laughs> go, it's like, it's like, I'll just know if, if I do go, it's probably because of the people. I'll go if the people want to go hang out. But if you ever like name a place, I'm like, do they cook the food? Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm open. I just, you know, it would just be at the bottom of my list for preferred, preferred places. Let me ask you this question, and we're kind of going back on tangent because we went off tangent, but off tangent questions are the best. Like it, it, it really, it really gives you a lot more ability to get to know the person on the other side. But let me ask you this: We talked about being in the tech industry, being in the streaming industry, mentoring others, having your own content, and everything that comes along with it, right? Mm -hmm. What in your eyes is the importance of 
more minority representation in tech and in streaming. So regarding, and if I miss any question, do let me know just to, you know, rephrase it. But like regards that, it's really important to diversify the tech industry without giving schools away. Uh, my undergraduate was done at an HBCU. So, you know, mm -hmm. it was a very, it was very cool and surreal to have that many computer science, black people around and like other minorities, you know what I mean? It was really good to see and refreshing because it's like, hey, we're all just trying to go in this industry. And they kept letting us know, like, once you go from here, this is just not how the, and the tech industry really is, you know? Yeah. You know, when I went to grad school, you know, went to a PWI, for those that don't know, predominantly white institution, uh, it was a great grad school, you know, stuff was higher quality, it was great, but like, I'll oftentimes be like the one, two, three black people in the room. And what was ironic is that the HBCU that I came from, most of us that were there that were black, we all came from that same HBCU, just because they had kind of a pipeline, you know what I mean? So it really wasn't, it's, we were the diversity because of that pipeline, and it just wasn't many of us. For those who are interested in it, just know that it's possible, like, I've seen this continually through my like little career, my current job, um, other places. Like if you speak to people, not saying people that aren't minorities won't help you, but the people that really pushed me to get in the positions I'm in, they, you know, they were minorities and they just knew that importance. Like me, like with literally anything I know that you think I know or might have an idea about, you know, just, just ask and like, I'll just give you all the info I got, you know, and if I know someone you can go to, go to that person, you know, basically it's important to diversify the space and definitely ask people who are in those places that may be able to help. Hopefully hit all the questions. Yes, you, you definitely hit the question. Um, a hundred percent on the mark. I feel a lot of people, especially when it comes to the industry of tech, like just feel have that imposter syndrome or like shame that they don't know everything right out the gate i tell people ask questions because you don't know everything like to this day i still have to google like the most basic things because there's literally just so much like that goes into it it's literally an industry where you can get away with not knowing as long as you know how to research because documentation is like everything whenever you're trying to get into this industry like you forget so much but there's documentation on how to remember so much exactly and another thing just reminding people that they could do it like honestly i struggle with imposter syndrome too like you know my strengths in computer science is more so looking at things and identifying what can change about it what can we do better like this is how a user feels this is how we can make software that, you know, that, that solution thing. But if you tell me to code it, I can figure out how to code it and look into it and work on it. It's going to take me some work, but I'm not the strongest coder, even with a master's degree, you know? So like, sometimes I do feel it, but it's like, I can learn it, you know, and just reminding people about that A quick tangent, you know, tangent's going to be the theme of the day. Like if you go, hey, I'm not <laughs> like, mad at it. I am not hey, mad at it. I, I, I swear I might make a tangent podcast or something like that. But <laughs> jokes, aside, jokes aside, um, when you mentioned imposter syndrome and that, you just reminded me that, like, I once taught inner city in Chicago, third to eighth graders. And, like, mm -hmm. that was so apparent. Because, you know, I was that was the first time that I recall, to my knowledge, you know, at the summer camp, they were having computer science program a part of it you know i'm just teaching them basic basic python but a lot of those classes like even though i was trying to teach them the basics most of them was like yo i'm just i can't do this i'm like no you can you just gotta you gotta try and like you know i spent a lot of those classes just reminding people that they're capable they can do school even if you don't major in it you can figure it out or if you know if you if you say you're better at history still if you work you can get it so just it's just really really important to 
help people through imposter syndrome. And a lot of people that deal with it, I think most of all of us deal with it. Like you wouldn't even think they deal with it. Like some people would say in streaming, oh, Dave, you just happy all the time. Streams are great. And sometimes I'm like, yo, am I, am I a good streamer? Was I entertaining? Uh, I don't know. You know, so it's just, yeah. it's just reminding yourself and reminding others. This kind of goes back to saying earlier that you're doing something cool. You're doing something great. You can do it, you know? Can you speak on the subject of how important is it for the parents or whoever is in the child's life as well too in helping them overcome that? Do you feel like there's more emphasis on that now more than ever that needs to be addressed? It definitely, definitely, definitely is, man. Because we all, to a degree, whether it's like highly or lowly, like we all doubt ourselves and things. Like, can I really do this? Like the person that really believes <laughs> believes they could do something tends to do it. You know what I mean? And I just, yep. I, I feel that in every case. So parents has to tell their kids, you can do it. Like my dad and my mom, like, you know, even if I'm struggling with something, they've always, like my dad always told me, he's like, David, you can do anything, anything you want, you know, as long as you stay right, you know, you know, prayed up and all the other stuff, like you can do it. Just keep your mind to it. If you're feeling down, remind yourself you can do it. Then when you feel better, keep going. So, you know, that's instilled in me and not to toot my own horn, anything I tell people I'm interested in doing, I just, you know, gas myself up a little, a little bit and I just go do it. You know, I try it like worst case is like, okay, it doesn't work out or I'm not yep. as interested in it, but as long as I go do it, they, they, you know, the results turn out whether they're high or low. Like that's how I got into making skits. Like before I made my first skit, I'm like, yo, I'm not really funny, funny, you know, then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it, launch it. We'll see where it goes. And then it was about a Logitech mouse. You know, I did a skit, a skit for, and Logitech loved it. Like, I went to the convention. They were doing some of the poses I was doing in the video. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I made this video, almost deleted it, because I was like, this is dumb. And then, like, it's funny if people come up to me saying, hey, I saw your skit. And I'm like, wow. Like, I was telling me this is lame. Like, this isn't going to work out. I'm not funny. And it was just one of, like, I just had so much joy doing them, so very the result no that's actually very dope to see it being reenacted and being recreated like live at a convention and then like the people who organized it did they recognize you immediately they had to recognize yeah, you immediately yeah, exactly. when you came like because uh in the skit like you know i was uh it basically to sum it up i made a skit where someone beat kept beating somebody up a tekken and then somebody for else came back with the mouse and started beating them with the mouse with like silly poses and then seeing those silly poses reenacted was hilarious to me. And I was like, wow, like, I really did that. If I was dealing with, you know, imposter syndrome or saying I can't do it, then I just wouldn't have did it. True. Very, very true. And I think the biggest skit, I think it's the one that's still pinned to your Twitter right now. How uh, gaming companies deal with leaks. That, that one. <laughs> that one had me rolling, especially when it comes to Sega. And how they dealt with the leaks of like the Sonic movie. What initially inspired you to create that one in particular? Like the way I make skits, I just kind of just write down a whole bunch of silly ideas. Like, okay, can I say a lot? Like, for example, um, or at least what inspired that one? I was like, okay, what happens continually that's consistent around multiple game companies? And it was like, oh, snap, leaks. You know what I mean? I was like, I wonder can I make leaks being funny? So then I started thinking about it. It's like, all right, with Sega, with people leaking that, something changed. Sony people's credit card information has been leaked. Like that's what they're known for. I was trying to think of what each company is known for and how they respond. With Nintendo, you know, you upload a Nintendo content, a video, they'll DMCA or take out your video. So it's like taking those facts and seeing where you can find the funny in it. And that's kind of what inspired it. So yeah. 
Gotcha. Microsoft. I mean, forgive me, Microsoft. I hope y'all sponsor me. But you know, I'm just taking the jab at it's on <laughs> PC is like recurring argument that like you know like just why would get an Xbox it's on PC? So I'm just taking a slight jab in a funny way. So make it a funny. I respect it, and I think it's definitely well needed because sometimes with with those skits and sometimes with seeing that, like it just hones in on the reality of the situation. Even looking at something like the Sonic movie, after enough people saw the leaks, enough people complained, look what we got. We got a better looking Sonic. So that really goes to speak like the power that the end consumer has when it comes to like changing things that we don't like or don't disagree with. Whether we highlight it through like comedy, whether we are serious about it, whether we have online articles, just it, it's amazing what the internet will do for you sometimes. <laughs> You're right. You're right about that. Since you have a love of both gaming and tech, did you ever consider pursuing a career directly in the gaming industry, just specifically? So interesting question. Interesting question. I am interested initially. Yes, I was full gung ho. I'm applying to gaming companies and working at them. But then I really looked at the jobs that were available and say, what do I really want to do? And I wasn't too sure about that yet. So I decided to say, hey, I'm just going to focus on my current job for right now. You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, teaching, see how I like it, see what I do, don't like it, can I see myself in it long term, et cetera, this experience. But to answer your question, yeah, I, I can see myself in the gaming industry. Ironically, since it's just the timing on this, this question is perfect. Like, now I want to go into the gaming industry and maybe work for companies like Twitch and be that, you know, like, I understand computer science, I understand product development, et cetera. I don't necessarily want to create these products, but I want to be in the room or be in these conversations mm -hmm. you know for people's experiences so now now i'm like just within the past couple of days i want to go into the gaming industry i don't know what the job might be it might be management it might be community management you know i think it may, more falls along those lines but uh recently i'm sure or maybe you have seen the document i made mm -hmm. about people's yep. experience on twitch like i made that pretty recently because i was just like okay with us trying to be proactive about change right now with all that's going on I was like, why don't we just, I see so many people tweet, Twitch should change this, Twitch should change that. Here's a video explaining this. And I'm like, I was like, I really wonder does Twitch see this? Like they might see this person's tweet, that person's tweet. They might miss that one with a good point. So I was like, why don't we just, why don't I sit down and just come together and just write all the points and then say, yep. hey, do you want to know what's going on? Here's a document to give you suggestions, ideas in a well-worded way as to what you can do and, you know, take what you will from it. So that's what I did. And in that process, if you don't mind me discussing it, yeah, I had the people it. who were like positive. I had the people who say Twitch does a bad job about that. Like I had to deal with all of that and say, how do I take their input? Take my, take my input. I know a lot of it's just like, not to say I filter mostly my opinion, but I focused on like the key things that I felt that I'm comfortable bringing to a company, you know, having some friends fact check me or add their input, put it all together. Yep. And say you know, so what's funny about it is i didn't even send it to twitch like i just i put it on my personal twitter to just like say okay let's get the feedback and then we'll send it but um i have to get i can't her name slips me i can look it up on twitter momentarily but she tweeted it at aaron and aaron's like oh this is really good let me let me come share it real quick and then i got messed with someone else at twitch hey i just want you to let you know this has been shared internally and i'm like oh wow like that's cool then another time i was just tweeting about it to get more input twitch the account did the eyes emoji and i'm like oh then someone else from the user research area in twitch it's like thank you for doing the job for us we felt like it's important we love your point saying hey come talk to us you know what i mean so 
you know, it was cool to see that change. And I was like, yo, if, if it was looked at that highly, it's like, I feel like I could do this for companies and maybe even gaming companies for like everybody's experience. You know, of course, I want to make sure that people of color's experience is highlighted because, you know, I feel like that's an issue across a lot of companies, you know, as a whole. But I was like, if I could do that in like a matter of 30 minutes, like the document had edits, but most of it was written in like 20 to 30 minutes of just thought. So, you know, it's like, if I could do that there, like, just imagine what I could do if I worked for a gaming industry company. So that's what I'm working on. With putting that document together, what was the hardest part, really? What's what's funny about that? And like, you know, not to sound, not to gas myself up, there really wasn't a hard part putting it together. And like, the thing is, like, if you tie it back to my degree, like, I yeah, I have a computer science degree, master's degree. But it's actually in interactive computing. To be more specific, human-centered computing. So, like, my job already is to look at software and systems and go through the detailed process of let's get their feedback, let's interview them, let's get some specifics, let's get some suggestions and ideas, and then yeah. implement solutions to it. So, like, that's something I already do through my education school life. It's just I got to just do it over here. So, like... It really wasn't, at least none that I could think of, it really, really wasn't hard to get together. But I feel like the reason why that is, is that, you know, I am a Black streamer on Twitch. So a lot of the stuff they're saying are things that I personally experienced. It might have been more difficult if I didn't identify with most of the things in that document. You get what I'm saying, Kata? Yeah, I do, 100%. Even attends to, like, the fact that so many people... The, the, the dopest thing about what was typed up is that like people gave suggestions, but a lot of those suggestions were either in there or just kind of like adding a sentence or two because it was like, there's really no, I didn't have anyone say, I don't like you put this. You know what I mean? It just, it was cool to see that, to say like, I think I've hit most of the points, most things you agree with. Now I feel like that's gonna be the catalyst for change that we need to, um that we actually need to see on this platform and across other platforms. How do you feel now about the companies that have been giving us like just one fits all blanket statements when it comes to like protecting their bottom end. Well, I shouldn't say bottom end, but bottom line. Yeah. Uh, all right. So how do I feel about company statements? I really appreciate them doing that because I have never seen it done on the scale, whether it's just a statement and the nature. I love the companies that put action behind it. I, I respect that the most. Not saying I don't respect the others that just did a statement. But for those that have done action, EA especially, what well, EA, I thought, if I'm not mistaken, promised a million dollars, uh, paid time off for the employees if they volunteer the things benefiting the cause. You know, like, they actually have, like, an action plan. Like, I'm like, wow. So I'm really happy companies have stepped forward. And I'm going to play both sides of this other thing. Like, some companies, all right, I put out a tweet and post, you know, maybe roast on Twitter. It's like, I appreciate that, but what are you actually going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So... I'm glad the statement's out there, but I really, really am ecstatic for the ones that are donating, putting action behind their words, plans, et cetera. So I, I, I love that. I love to see it. Those are blanket statements. I'm not saying that they are like, okay, we're just doing this. Maybe they are, or maybe they have good intentions. I can't identify that. I know some people are roasting some companies for it, but like long as they oh, try yeah. something and do it. Like, it's like, it's like, I can't be too mad, but the thing is, I feel like those who want our action probably... Like, oh, it's about tweet. It's like, no, someone should be there saying, hey, we should do something, you know? And other people, even of smaller and larger ones, even individuals, like, with connections, they've been actually going on Twitter saying, hey, I'll use my example real quick. 
a lot of voice acting companies, industries now are saying, hey, you know what? We're trying to build up our people of color roster. Like, you're going to see me playing both sides a lot because I can see the sad part to say about that, like just starting with that, is to say, why weren't you trying to build that roster and diversify your portfolio earlier? It shouldn't take these major events to actually stress the importance of diversifying people of color with all that's going on, you know, just to let them submit their resumes, submit their reels, like even outside of voice acting, submit their reels or submit their writing, their art. Like I've seen so many companies step up and do that. It's like, why, why didn't you do that earlier? That should have been important. But on the flip side, every person of color at this time submit, like, you know what I mean? Like you may be upset it's happening, but submit. Cause that could be the door opener for whatever job industry, something you do, like that, that could be it. You know, like the door creeped open a little bit take the chance to do it and submit your best work, send it to a friend, make sure it's good. You get what I'm saying? Check the email. Cause like, it's sad that it had to be this way, but you still better do it. Cause you know, you know, it's open. And then hopefully from this, for these companies, hopefully they be like, you know what? It is important to do this more often. Let's keep that same energy. Not only this month, but July, August, September, 2021, 2022. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's hard to judge companies' stances, right? Like all of the company stances right now, because it might be something they do for now and forget in a month or five months. So I just, I really, really hope that this energy continues for people of color. I'm glad you addressed that question because we see the companies online, especially Twitter, that are getting roasted. And it's, it feels, even when they make a statement, it feels like it's too little too late, right? Um, there's one company I love. I'm not going to name no names. I'm just gonna say, look at the headset I'm wearing. I was very disappointed with their call to action initially. Um, and even now, even after they've made a statement, I'm just kind of like, mm, I, I really expected better of y'all. But then I start to hear the horror stories about content creators being pushed aside for like, you know, sponsorship opportunities, <laughs> advertisement uh, opportunity. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, I know, I know, I know that one. Yes, indeed. But I'm listening. It really just puts it in perspective, like where you put your dollars now. Cause I don't know if you even got to saw the episode back when I interviewed Cup about this. And we talked about like the minority experience, like black experience, dollar for dollar. When it comes to us, if we believe in a product or we believe in something, we back it, which is why we spend more money per capita on every industry known to man. Like our money, like we probably spend twice or three times as much as any other like race when it comes to our goods and services. I told her this and I still stick true to this. Just as soon as we give our money, we're starting to realize that we can take our money back because you know, you're not doing right by us or you're not doing right by the communities that enjoy what you offer. Like you may have a dope product or service, but if you're not going to accurately reflect the pain, the struggles or the opportunities to us and we're spending money on you, then we can find alternative methods in which to spend that dollar. Exactly. It's been a huge like Twitter. I wouldn't say witch hunt, but I feel like now is the time where these companies are rightfully getting called out for like their practices in the past. And uh, now, you know, we have to take action. It's sad that it took all this for content creators to get their just in and for us to be noticed. We do have to be thankful for all those who are using this also at the same time to go ahead and put themselves in there. Cause you never know who might be receptive of to that. You literally could just be like one, um, one tweet away or one submission away from somebody saying, Hey, they're dope. This person right. is dope. He's dope. She's dope. But we, we didn't know this, but you didn't know 
they've been here creating dope content all along because you didn't take the time to research it. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad, man. Like I just, I really, really push people. If you see those tweets, please follow up uh, for voice actors, writers, and I think artists. There's a document mm-hmm. spiraling around and I can share it with you also. I'll, I'll send it to you. So where like someone just decided to make a document of things they saw on Twitter and where they're recruiting for. You know what I mean? So you can just yeah. click on this doc, click the link and be like, oh, okay, let me put my stuff here. Let me email this, you know? So some people are really stepping up to help in ways they can. Send both of those my way. And I would love, love to put them like in the, the video description of like the podcast, like when this goes on YouTube, just so people yeah. can really see like what, have been the problems and what are the things that we're addressing as well as like the opportunities that they have for themselves that they didn't know that existed before good to me man i'll be sure to all right thank you man i appreciate that name the time and place for me you were in your life when you first discovered twitch for the first time like how did you stumble upon it and like what year was that because twitch is still kind of very young but it's not at the same time it's it's weird to explain say i discovered it twice if that makes sense and i'll tell you why i gotta find it i'm not sure on the year and i really want to find it i literally just googled it but what introduced me to twitch was twitch plays pokemon you know what i mean and like that mm-hmm. thing was viral i believe it was in 2014 and like you know like i was like what happened was i was going to college and people kept making lord helix jokes and talking about bird jesus i'm like what are they talking about bird jesus. No yeah they go bro they had the little hilarious names but for those that don't know twitch plays pokemon a lot of should, but just in case basically someone made uh some software some code that from what type people type in chat will mm-hmm. actually reflect in the pokemon game it just it was a stream that was going all the time and eventually they actually caught pokemon and eventually beat the entire game just chat focus you know what i mean like it took hours it took days let's see how long it took it went on i have i have never heard of this before wait a minute after 16 days seven hours and 50 minutes 19 seconds the viewers beat the champion blue in the game so this just went 24 7 uh chat just typing like you have tens of 20s and 30s of thousands of people all typing in chat trying to like make progress like if I'm not mistaken, Bird Jesus was a Pidgey they called initially, and it got named a funny name. They just started calling it Bird Jesus and it evolved. <laughs> they call they they picked up Ammonite and they called it like the Helix fossil because you know Ammonite you get from the Helix fossil. So like yeah. you know it was just this amazing concept. And then from that, like it, that's how I got introduced to Twitch. But after that, I didn't see Twitch again. I just watched when Twitch plays Pokemon. So how I rediscovered Twitch. Very set of circumstances. So this actually changed my life to where to get me where I'm at now. I was really just playing Overwatch with a homie of mine, I believe in yeah, 2016. And he was playing with a coworker. And he's like, we're just talking to chat. He's like, Dave, like, careful what you say, because you know, he was he wasn't he had a profanity filter on the stream. My coworker streaming. I'm like, yo, what's streaming? He's like, Oh yeah, like he's just streaming on Twitch and showed me his channel. And I'm like, dang, I wish I could stream. He's like, All you need is like a webcam mic, and you have a laptop. So I'm like, Yeah, sure, I'll do it. And from there, I just tried streaming. It was like, yo, this is dope. And I just kept it going. Nice, nice, nice. Now, can you remember what was the very first game you streamed when you went live on Twitch? Was it Overwatch or was it something completely different? Oh, something completely different. Absolutely. I can remember it. It's uh, Undertale. And I'm going to tell you why. So my laptop was actually coming apart. And I, could be- I couldn't stream. <laughs> I could not stream higher end games like Overwatch. Like My computer just couldn't handle it. It wasn't that good of a laptop. 
but and then with all the mic and streaming software and such so i was like i should just stream like something low like really low scale so i was a teaching assistant at the time over a computer science class and one of my mm-hmm. students mentioned like i just remembered him talking about undertale he's like yeah you know like, it's an indie game really really cool and i'm like i've never heard of it i'll i'll try it out blind so i streamed undertale and the experience was amazing like it was like yo this is fun someone's interacting with me i had like one viewer and he's helping me get through the game so yeah if you had to give advice to somebody who wants to get into streaming now versus how you came about it what would be the other biggest piece of advice they need to know if they really wanted to get into streaming Ooh, can i get multiple answers oh man go <laughs> for like, it i i am I here just, for multiple answers uh, all right cool the reason why is because um i feel like i can't touch everything and just in a lot of cases a lot of answers i'll give one point and i'll give you five more that I just got <laughs> i got dlc with my answers basically it's free though it's free though but basically, I mean, to give the generic advice, piece of advice, you know, remain consistent. Like everyone says that you got to be consistent. If you have a schedule, stick to it. You know, I mean, making a schedule of games helps you out. But number one thing, be consistent. Uh, another thing I would say is it's important. And this generic advice, I guess, would be game choice. Like so many people, like I literally sat down with one viewer. Not that, I mean, you can stream what you want, of course. Always stream what you want, what you enjoy. But I had to sit down, break it down to him and say, hey, like, I know you want to stream, but you told me you want to grow. Uh, with all due respect, I just, it's possible, but I don't recommend Fortnite or League of Legends when you're starting mm, out. Because yes. there's two to 300 people in this pool and you're going to be at the bottom starting out. It's just, I just don't, people will find you, I'm sure. There's ways Twitch is made to help people get found, but it just wouldn't be as fruitful as streaming another smaller quality game. Mm-hmm. So I, I would push that game choice to be a thing. And then, you know, it just gets to like, just be motivated. You know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate, even for myself, you know, I gotta listen to my own advice sometimes. Like, don't look at the view count. Like literally just stream, stream talking to yourself, stream a game that you can be like, oh snap, this happened. You know, like just, you know, verbalize what you're thinking about the game and talk about it. And if someone comes in, interact with them, talk to them, you know, have a conversation. No one's there keep having the conversations out loud like even to this point in my streaming career chat goes dead sometimes like no one's talking and i just like okay i'm just gonna keep talking you know that i think that's really important to keep in mind and with consistency working hard things of nature and always trying different things i think people get caught up a lot of times to trying the same game trying the same thing it's like being willing to try different things and be like hey that actually worked that stream let me try that again you know so just yeah being willing to try different things, not get discouraged when things don't work out, and just adjusting from there. If I could add a bit more on that, and it's kind of ideology. I said, I don't know if Will Ferrell said that. I think he did in like some graduation speech for some people. I don't know. It was, I think it was him. I got to go back and find it. But basically, he was saying, like, in life, and this is what I do in everything, in life, what you need to do is like, it's like a dartboard. You're like, yeah, you're throwing darts. Like, okay. I throw a dart at the bar, bar. I miss. Why don't I try to throw it differently? Why don't I try to throw it differently? You hit bullseye once, you're going to try to do it again. It's like, no, okay, I didn't get bullseye, but that form, that might have worked. Let me try something else. Let me toss it. Let me, you know, it just, it's like you just keep throwing darts to the dartboard just to ultimately find out what's working and what works for you. And then take note that that form ain't always going to work. You're going to get stronger. If you get stronger, you got to adjust again, throw a dart a different way. You know what I mean? Because you've mm-hmm. done it so much. So it's like, it's just in life, like just be willing to throw darts to the dartboard with everything and just go in with the mindset to learn. Like just, that, that that's the best thing I think for anybody. And one of the most important thing is like, I love this dartboard analogy for one thing. 
what are you doing? You throw a dartboard. You're putting action. Like you are just looking at it like, hmm. Yes. Do I want to play? Do I want to? It's like the issue I think a lot of people run into is they just don't hit go live. Like you don't throw the dart. And if you don't throw the dart, how are you going to hit bullseye? How are you going to hit these goals? You know, you need to be willing to do it. Telling me you're going to play darts versus actually trying it is a whole different conversation. It is. And I find that's the biggest hindrance for most people is putting action behind words. It equates to a lot of things in life. We have tutorials. We have like so many walkthroughs. We have all these tips, tricks, and videos that explain how to do the process. But until you get in there and you do the process yourself, it means nothing because you haven't even put it into practice yet. You haven't even discovered if that practice actually pertains to like you and what you're trying to do. Inaction is the is is the biggest crippler for a lot of people. Yeah, and even to go a step further, like I, you can tell, this is like one of my favorite analogies in like all of the guy. I, I live by this. Uh, the other thing that I don't want people getting caught up to be like, hey, Dave, you know, we'll just use streaming for example. I'm streaming and I'm growing. What else are you doing other than just streaming? Yes, please touch analogy? on this. It's like, are you going to watch YouTube videos on how people throw darts? Like maybe try their technique. Have you? google search or going on reddit about like okay how do i get my technique better people are discussing it have you looked up articles have you listened to podcasts have you watched the pros have you reached out someone to mentor you have you asked somebody that plays darts in the right like there's just so many different avenues with the dartboard analogy and we'll go to streaming to learn you know have you listened to this podcast and have day-to-day talking a lot like you know what i mean it's just it's just (laughs) so many avenues so like i say with people that are like, okay, Dave, I am throwing the darts. I'm trying different things. It's like, okay, what else haven't you done? You need to, you need to go do it. Dang, man. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to be quoting books and all this other stuff. So it's a whole nother tangent. I was pretty, this is pretty personal. I was pretty down about voice acting because I wasn't getting roles and things of that nature, right? And there was this book. Ah, I'm going to try to find it on my phone. It's called Failing, I think, Failing Up. How yes. to take things higher. I didn't finish the book, but the beginning of the book was all I needed to really just get me back motivated to trying because I just wasn't getting roles. I felt I wasn't good and stuff. But like one of the points he said, he's like, man, like I didn't get this role. I didn't get that, you know, and then uh, I believe his either wife or girlfriend's father was like, I think you haven't tried enough. And he was like, how dare you? Like I've gone to theater, I've worked, I've done this, I've done that. And like, it's, it's like, it's obviously worked hard, but the father is trying to tell to him, to say you even though as hard as you work you didn't try every single avenue to get to where you want to get like exactly. work hard but now work harder and i think a lot of people that work hard at these things it's like i acknowledge your grind i acknowledge your hustle i will never take that away from you but you can't work harder get creative or find other avenues to get to where you want to get and the people that were willing to do that will grow they will you know, I'm we're hitting like five different, ten different topics in this question alone, which I like. But it's like those are the ones that will go up there and grow, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I've been telling people you have to make content and you have to use other platforms because Twitch knows that. And we're just going to use Twitch as an example, right? Twitch knows there's a problem with discoverability. We don't have a true like algorithm like, say, a YouTube has. Um, that's built in natively to help you discover people based on like certain parameters or keywords things of that nature right like instagram like youtube even twitter even twitter has a a certain level of discoverability um if you you know master right but you're an individual that has content everywhere you have it on your twitter you have it on a little bit on the instagram and definitely you have a full-blown youtube 
So for those who feel like maybe they're overwhelmed by social media and trying to put out content everywhere, what would be, if you could streamline the process, what would you tell them to zero in on first? And then also why it's just good to have like those multiple outlets. So just to make sure I follow the question, I got the second one. The first one, it's like, yeah. is this for like growing on Twitch? To like, what's what's the importance of like doing? Well, I'll answer the what's the importance of doing. I would say, yeah, the important, yeah, my bad. It's kind of a lengthy question. Nah, it's but, okay, I say, but yeah, I would say, what is the importance of like having discoverability like outside of Twitch to increase like your Twitch presence? I think it's important because you can't rely on, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. Like it is possible for someone to just and only stream on Twitch, not have any form of social media. You know what I mean? It's possible. It's unlikely, but I deny possibility. But the thing is, let's say you stream on Twitch. It's like, what if you made a fun, what if you just put memes on Twitter? If people find they're like, oh, they're funny. I'm gonna follow them. Oh, they stream. I'm gonna tune in. That's one more new viewer. The Instagram, you posting up your posting up pictures. They could be like, I mean, let's keep it a buck. Somebody could be like, oh, they're pretty attractive. Oh, they play video games. Let me go see what they're playing. You know, mm -hmm. or whatever content they put on Instagram to be like, that was a funny clip. Like getting using other platforms to streamline it back is how you get people. And if you get people to your Twitch, if that's your overall goal to just focus and grow on Twitch, like you need to find ways to get people there. Like, you know, with Twitch's discoverability the way it is. Like, you know, not saying it's fully on them, but I think it's more fully on the creators, but help would be nice to which, you know, but they need to, they need to find other ways to get to where they're going to kind of hitting the other points, but it's useful if you just get one new person or one new eye on your content somewhere else and bring them to where you want to be. And if it's ain't for Twitch, if you want to make YouTube videos, you stream, send them over to YouTube. That's another view. And they might check out more of your YouTube videos. Like it, it goes both ways. Yeah, and it's really it's really to your benefit because right within all these platforms, you're basically just giving people an ecosystem of like how to consume your content and get to know you and what you represent like on a round scale. Because they may say, oh, well, they're not live on Twitch right now, but I saw they put up that new YouTube video like a couple hours ago via their Twitter. So not only do you have people like saying, oh, you're not live, but I know on your Twitter, that you put up a new video on your YouTube. So the denominator in all this is you being on multiple platforms and providing people with something that they want to check out regardless of where it is. And in all honesty, even for me, like I'm not the best about that for like, no, for, for my own reasons. It's not like personal hidden, but like, you know what I mean? Like for YouTube, like my goals have changed since then in regards to like i'm gonna grow my twitch i'm gonna be this big youtuber and instagram like my goals have changed like you know i want to focus on voice acting so i am penciling in on that and still growing my twitch through that but even amongst doing it another thing that i want to uh, touch on on what you said is like how they can consume your content right people got to realize that different bases can't intertwine but some people just love watching twitch streams that'll grow you know some people just love watching youtube videos that'll grow too and then there'll be those that like, I like both. Let me do this. Or those that like, I don't really watch Twitch streams, but let me go watch this stream. I like this. You know, so it's like, you know, it only helps you to produce content for those people that primarily watch that platform. And when they cross over, it's just benefiting both. So growing them together is important. It is. It's very, very important. Um, I guess that kind of segues me into this next question. Actually, you know what? That does a segue. This is actually another tangent. So this is going to be a nice little edit to put into the video. But not, um, 
Into going into that tangent, have you ever thought about streaming the behind the scenes stuff that goes into voice acting and trying to get into that lane? Because I would love to see you explain what a voice acting like setup looks like. I would love to see you, you know, maybe have a coach come on and like answer some questions, you know, via Twitch chat. But just so much goes into it that I feel like that in itself would be a new horizon that people don't get to see. I think that's actually a good idea. I've thought of it before, and I've even brought it up to one of my voice coaches, the one I'm closer with, you know, I've been working with for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing is, I just want to, I think if I were to do that, I want to pay for their time. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah. it's promotion for them, for one. But uh, that's something I see in the future as I get, like, better at it to the point where I'm like, okay, I consider myself a, I consider myself a voice actor, but I want to be like, I consider myself an established in the industry person. And once I get that, similar to Joe Zedja, I think I'm saying his name wrong, but uh, he's played, he's a voice actor of Claude from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yes. One of the main protagonists in that. And, you know, he streams on Twitch. Like he streams on Twitch. He sometimes talks about voice acting and has voice actors on. Like, I want to get to that level. Or even uh, the, I don't know her name, but I follow her on Twitter. Uh, the person that played Aerith in Final Fantasy VII, the remake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she streams on Twitch also, and people love it. I think one stream she actually had, I believe it was Tifa's voice actress on there too. It's so like I, I eventually want to get to that level where you can just kind of like, oh, here's my voice acting buddy. Let's talk with chat, you know, or like here's me auditioning for XYZ roles. So that, that's something I want to eventually build up and get up to. So if I want to stream in gaming, I would want to do those voice acting. Another thing I want to do, and I don't. I don't know the exact rules on it, so I don't do it. I know other streamers do it, but some yeah. people play anime on Twitch. And like, I would love to enjoy anime, just like, let's just watch a series. You know, I've been seeing Sensei CJ watch Hell's Kitchen series with his community, and those have been hilarious. Like, I might start <laughs> trying to do something like that. Story Mo Bay, Story Mo Bay, she started streaming the versus battles. You know, yep. I've been on Instagram, and then I started streaming it too. And the first one I streamed was Eric Kabadu versus Jill Scott. And oh, I, that, I that, that. that. that was the artist I love. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I was like, every song, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm probably interrupting the song. I'm singing with it too. So, you know, it's just that type of content where we can kind of just watch, enjoy, and comment together is what I would do versus me having to actively game and entertain, you know? And that's a great point because it, it, it builds that community together because everybody has a love of that music and they just want something different. I feel like everybody's just hungry for something besides like the norm of what we're used to seeing. Exactly. Um, but especially the Hell's Kitchen series, the verses. Now here's the only thing with verses and I got a bone to pick with you verses, all right? Mm -hmm. I know it's Instagram, Y'all gotta find a better way, and I know it's also down to the artists too. But these internet connections, these connections for verses are killing it. They are yep. literally killing the vibe right now. Every time yep, we do one of these bouts, the audio quality be trash too. But I heard in a few cases, verses would send them something for better audio quality, and they didn't use it. So it's like, mm, yeah, I forgot what it was. Was it Agate Edge versus One Twelve? Apparently, like they've been, they made a comment after that one to be like, "Look, we sent them stuff. It just wasn't used for the stream. That's why the quality wasn't good." Like we were watching that live on stream, and like the quality was so bad, we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna just go back to gaming." We went to play Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh my goodness! If they send you something to make the audio quality better, just use it, give it a try, yeah. test it out, just for the sake of like saying like you at least gave it a try. That just, mm -hmm. uh, it kills it for so many fans too. 
and i wish versus just had its own like dedicated like platform um and not just solely through instagram like if they could do it on any other platform because the biggest thing with instagram i'm realizing is not only do will they cut you off after a certain while uh, if you're live streaming because like they don't it's they're not truly a live streaming service like they have an api they have a webhook for streaming even though they don't make it public but it's just a simple fact that they don't emphasize it enough and put priority on it enough so i just i just wish there was another platform or something strictly dedicated for versus if this is going to be like an ongoing trend uh that we're going to do exactly no i feel you though i hope it changes because i i enjoy it i enjoy it i i it's it just been really enjoyable to see the artist vibe and the stories i'm just going to use erica badu versus jill scott's as a basis of my first experience because that one was amazing but like hearing that and like i said the tangents you know the dave tangents i'm here for but the one thing i really loved about that was how erica no jill shared the story of how awestruck she was when she first met erica and then lo and behold erica literally later on was like i saw you sing and i was just so I was, like, astounded i'm like yo that's that's i love seeing it i love seeing it man it, it's amazing to have somebody you look up to then recognize you and like have something they admire about about you it's it's an incredible feeling it just kind of validates the purpose behind why you love doing what you do how does it feel when you meet people in real life when you go to these conventions that are now inspired by you like have you had that interaction with people in real life that are just now inspired by you and they say they look up to you how does that feeling be on the opposite it, side it feels amazing man like i remember the TwitchCon that i was twitch ambassador for and like the amount of people like i think the like i remember one conversation i had where a friend of mine was introducing um mgb to someone else like they were like oh i'm so and so i'm like oh i'm dave oh no you you're the dude that's on the poster i was like oh what <laughs> like <laughs> oh, that, that, that's cool like oh you already know me oh that's that's, that's fancy or just people saying like hey you know interacting with you or taking your advice inspired me to stream or hearing how my advice helped them or like how i'm willing like not to toot my own horn but like it's just really cool to say hey you inspire me because like at the end of the day for me like when i'm streaming i'm like hi i'm dave like i just like talking about whatever comes up and streaming video games and reacting to like you know i just it feels so small but it feels cool to say hey and what you did or the choices you made inspires me you know, like, you know, I, I don't usually, I probably should give myself more credit. I don't usually think like that. I'm just kind of doing things. Like, I'll relate it back to the document. A friend broke down and said, Dave, I think in my tweet, I was like, it's really cool to see a small idea actually get noticed by Twitch. Like, that's what I put. And he's like, Dave, like, he's like, you're my homie. He's like, but you need to realize, don't call that a small idea. Because, like, for you, he's like, are you just doing this, trying to help out? Like, for me, the way I take it is you inspire people to speak up and share the experiences and say hey i can make a change on my own even though if i don't work for this company so it feels cool and like long long answer uh or for the short answer it's like it just it just feels cool to hear that sometimes i agree with your friend 100 i don't think it was a small idea by any means especially if it actually goes and you know inspires and creates change and the fact and i wanted to touch on this earlier the fact that they had uh what what section was it that you were uh speaking of they messaged you and they said hey thanks for doing the work for us i was like now you see this man has done the work for y'all which y'all easily could have done like years and years ago and i know you were talking about this last night on stream because i was in there and you were talking to um you were talking to chad and specifically you were even talking to tbh um by it as well too and shout out to tbh as well too um but 
you know, applying for Twitch. And I just have it in my mindset that if they don't see all of this exposure, they don't see these this great document of ideas with these underlying problems and these potential solutions, and you put the the application in for Twitch, if they don't bring you in and in some way, shape, form, or capacity, hopefully full-time, because I would love for you to be a full-time employee making a full-time difference. But if they don't bring you in in some shape, form, or capacity, I just don't know what to say. They, It, it would just be foolish to me, to be honest with you. Well, thank you for that, man. Like I said, I'll try my luck and shoot my shot, getting my resume and cover letters together. So we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But I, I feel that even if, I wouldn't be heartbroken if I wouldn't get it. It's just like, I, I'm i going to just shoot my shot, see if it's a deal I like, if I get it. And I might go, but if I don't, like just being able to make a change from what I currently do and what the things I'm focusing on is still cool to me. At least I hope, we'll say this, to make my voice heard. Now, what we hope for is actual change and better things. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, that's that, exactly that's what, what we hope for. But it feels good to just be able to say, hey, I did something and you all as a company are going to, in my opinion, seriously consider things we're talking about. Like, I mean, in the real world, they probably ain't taking and implementing every single idea in it. But if those ideas lead to something they try to do, that's cool with me. Like, keep trying, keep going, you know? I hope it helps. Exactly. So we, I'm, I'm sitting here crossing my fingers. You, you can't see me crossing my fingers. Well, you will on the video, but I'm here sitting here crossing my fingers and hoping it leads to like just some tangible results that, you know, we can see, feel, and will be, you know, known throughout like the entire like community. So it's important. Good, man. Well, thank you. Thank you. What streamers initially inspired you? Still inspire you, I should say, to this day. You about to get a list. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> go like, for all it. Right, let's go. We're gonna we gonna start from the beginning of Twitch. Um when I was looking for, you know, when I went on Twitch and I started streaming on my own, I'm like, hey, I should watch other streams to learn more. So the second black streamer I actually discovered is ironically a really close friend of mine now. Like I used to watch him like, oh my God, it's the streamer. So it's Cy B plays games. Cy is a great individual, amazing friend. I've hung out with him at numerous conventions and things of nature. But even before that, when I initially found him, I'm like, yo, it's a black streamer. He's cool. You know, he's hype. He's funny. You know, he's like really, really cool dude. Man. Like, I just enjoy this content. And like after my streams of like my two or three viewers, I host like, yo, y'all gotta watch Cy. You know, he followed me back. And then I've gotten to know him over the year. Like, see, that's like 2016, 2017. Oh, man. Uh, 2017. Like, it's, it's, it's a long time, man. It's a long time, but it's a great friend of mine. And uh, that, I think that was one of the first streamers, like, I sat down and watched it. was like, wow, Twitch is cool, you know? So he helped shape my experience learning and interacting with him. Amazing content creator, man. And great friend, man. He put me on Yeezys. I got my first pair of Yeezys through him. Like, man, he did that for my birthday because, like, he was telling me how much he likes sneakers. And me, I'm one of those people, I just wear, like, my same comfortable pair. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's like, nah, you got to get these. And he got my birthday. I'm like, that was exceedingly kind for you to do. You know what I mean? So a real, 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 real cool friend. But he really inspired me. And I learned a lot from watching him that I still apply today. Um, Another streamer that uh, shaped my experience, I'll just give you three. So the second one is a group gaming illuminati i know you mentioned tbh earlier for those that don't know the black hokage but i've watched their content forever you know since i was young you know what i mean mm -hmm. since he used to be model word negro on youtube and i just used to laugh and enjoy his content 
Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting them, I believe, 2017 E3. That was my first convention ever. Like, you know, I recently got partnered on Twitch uh, that uh, that December 16th, I believe. Uh, that's why I got partnership. I got it in five to six months from starting the streaming, which is crazy in itself. Um, but that summer I went to E3 and it was pretty funny. I'm like, I'm like in E3 about to go up the escalator. I see two people in front of me. <laughs> and then I, I realized this game ethos of the black Okage. And I'm just like, Oh my God, TVA. It's like TVH and ethos. And they turn around like, yeah, I'm like, Oh, Oh man. Uh, my name's Dave. Uh, you know, I stream on Twitch partner on Twitch and, da, 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 da. and ethos was like data Dave. I heard the name before I used to watch his streams. We started getting into magic. Yeah, I forgot what I did. I think I donated something like that because he was talking about like you know viewers donate for it. I'll write the name on the card. He's like, I remember writing your name on the card and said, you know, we at E three, you give me the card. But like you know, just talking to them and he took my card and I was just like, oh my god, like these are people I've watched forever. You know what I mean? Like I, I know I met them super hyper, super excited. You know what I mean? And what was cool is that E threes. You know, I got to meet like the rest of the crew. And like, you know, I, I would ask like, cause I'm black so many questions about streaming and like, I don't know how to network. You know, I feel like I'm just doing too much. Or did a... So like, you know, I've learned a lot from those guys. They've shouted me out numerous times. And at this point, like they're all good friends of mine. Like they're a great group of guys. You know, you saw TDH in chat last night and we were talking about some things. So they really shaped and helped my experience on Twitch. And another one, you know, uh, I don't think I've actually shared the story before, but I am branded. I am branded. So uh, okay, he was the first LGBT uh, black male I've watched on Twitch. You know, I discovered him really early on. I was like, wow. At the time, I mean, for those who don't know, gay, gay bi, whatever. But um, like, you know, he was the first person I kind of mentioned it to. And, you know, he was what's cool about it. Like, we kind of talked about it. He gave me advice. When I got partnered, he's like, I was like, Brandon, I got partnered like, what do I do? He's like, Dave, you need to make emotes. <laughs> like, it just, <laughs> he's like, you should have been had this. You got it. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it. A week passed, and I got partnership, and I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, so just to sit down and do that and hear me out and like, you know, speak to him on that. I've learned a lot by watching Brandon. And recently, I just love seeing his growth. Like, I'm like, finally, you know what I mean? That man's been putting in work for like years and years and years beyond. So, you know, seeing his growth really inspires me to work harder, to be more bold. I'd say from him, I've learned a lot about being more vocal in the LGBTQIA space. You know what I mean? To say, hey, yes. you know, like, I'm this, you know, and, you know, if y'all vibe, vibe with it, cool, come through. If you are, like, sure, you can share your experience about people you've talked to in chat. You know what I mean? Like, you know, making sure that it's really a safe space to say, Sometimes it's good to have somebody space you can go in and be like, I can identify the same with them. Like I, I'm the same orientation. I understand the struggle of joke. But another reason why it's important to do that is to say people that aren't like, you know, it's like, yo, that's Dave. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like orientation, whatever, you know, like just being able to give that space and show people, uh, especially like friends, like, you know, they didn't know initially. And when they knew they was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I didn't know. Or just learning to say, Hey, doesn't matter about what he takes. Like he's still a cool guy. He's still Dave, you know. So like, you know, exactly. That I've learned a lot by watching Brandon and seeing him just be himself to do the same through my streams and personal life. No, and that's actually really important because it, it the orientation of a person doesn't matter. Like it's truly right. about getting to know them as an individual, the personality, um, their thoughts, their beliefs and just overall just getting a sense of who they are um and 
I, I I really just don't understand why there is this obsession behind people behind this, but mm-hmm. people are weird, so people I don't know. You're right. You're right about that indeed, man. So actually, no, that's that's actually another good transition, because I know this is a question I had sent to you, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Speak on how how it is to juggle both of those, because both of those are you, but it's like only a portion of who you are so speak on you know the injustices of both and how you handle it on a day-to-day basis uh from the area of mental health and like how i handle it or keep myself up uh i really flourish when i stay busy if i work towards goals or something like i i'm a very action-oriented person so for me how i'm keeping myself up i'm like let me read a book on voice i've been i've been putting all of it in the voice acting stream and things that I just enjoy doing. So how I've been keeping my mental health is I keep myself busy, like the voice acting, taking these classes, you know, doing the streams, uh, learning more, trying to, you know, educate myself. That's fun and relaxing for me. So that's how I do it for streaming. I stream nightly, you know, I, you know, have fun with it, make sure I'm enjoying the game, whether the game gets a lot of views or not, like that's relaxing to me. So to anyone else, like, you know, please, Take care of your mental health. Do what's good for you. If being on social media too much is hurting your mental, it has for me some days. I just turn it off and just watch a TV show or something. You know, like just finding ways to enjoy my time because it's a stressful time for everybody, man. It, it really is a stressful time, especially being black. But um, it's just really just keeping your mental up. So for me, keeping busy. The moment you stop being busy is the moment where you let the negativity of everything that's going on just like start to seep in. And looking around to like our peers on Twitter, I can see the effect that it's having. Like you just have to find a way to unplug. You have to find a way to recenter and you have to find a way that brings some peace and like some just balance in your life because it's balance. Literally, if you just digest everything going on 24 seven, you know, this is how it just starts to chip away at your mental. And then once the mental is gone, then you're not sleeping, you're not eating. And then we get into the physical and it just goes downhill from there. But I think staying busy is a great answer and just finding new avenues to express how you're feeling too. Um, And what is like, what are some of the avenues besides voice acting and streaming? What are some other hobbies that you do like away from the camera that like keep you busy and keep you occupied to protect your mental? I'm trying to see. Those have been the main ones, but, you know, gaming, um, writing a bit. Like, recently, I've just been trying to focus in on, like, goals. So, those have really been the main things. I mean, you know, cooking occasionally. Like, just, you know, just basic stuff, you know? Organize the room. Just finding something to do that I'll either enjoy or something that I want to get done. Gotcha. Okay. Y'all here to hear first, people. Find something that'll keep you balanced and keep you centered, like, with everything going on. Next question, and I know this is kind of like one of the most important questions to me. I definitely want to ask you this. What would you say to others in these communities at this time that are using their platform for change? Um, What are some things we can keep doing when these protests are over, people stop using the hashtags? How do we keep the dialogue going? Um, Use your communities to keep identifying issues and things that are going on to bring up those topics. Like if you see something wrong in a company and something needs to be done, be vocal about it on your platform. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's like I said a bit earlier, as long as you keep the energy up, 
I mean, we don't always have to have the exact same. Let's say that's let's say hypothetically in the world, police reform happened and everything's perfect. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like everything got much better from this. Then I'm sure there exists another issue, another thing going on that you might identify. It's like we should be willing to speak up. You know what I mean? Like yes. these companies have stepped up because they saw so many people, individuals stepping up. So like just tell the communities, use your platform, like use your platform. You have more influence, do you think, no matter how big or small you are. So taking the other route of that to the people who are vocal that's one thing can you speak to the person or the group of people that are indifferent to me it seems like i rather deal with an individual that has some level of opinion or some level of empathy yeah it's just in regards to this specific thing with what's going on like it's just if they if they have no opinion like oh, i don't know i don't care it doesn't matter that's an issue you know what i mean that's that's probably not a person that i'm going to deal with i guess you know what i mean like that that just, that just says a lot like i i ain't gonna go too specific on it but if someone's like that they, they got some issues i'll put it that way <laughs> that uh to hop on the agree to disagree thing like let's say someone like y'all are wrong for doing it like i feel like with my strong stance on it like you can't agree to disagree on basic human rights like we can agree to disagree on you know what coffee we like like sure like i'm like this is the best you disagree we can do that but when it comes to basic human rights and this scenario it just can't be done it's like no <laughs> racism's wrong you know it's yes like, kind of dry so those who think it's otherwise i just say they got some issues a lot of issues no i i agree with you 100 percent. i feel like this isn't a topic that should be like a middle ground on it like it's it's just wrong yeah. like right. what other it's what just... other point are we arguing here exactly exactly so yeah that's, that's kind of where i stand on it and that's the that's the like nice clean way to put it <laughs> of choice words it's like that's just like let's phrase it this way yeah this sounds good yeah yeah hey if you ever want to have those choice <laughs> words feel just hey just know we can always do a, a blooper or behind the scenes addition to this podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we smooth, man. But that's that, that's kind of how I feel on it. All right. So let me do this. Let me open my phone because this is the fun part, right? So I took to Twitter and I wanted to ask people to like send you some questions that they want to know some answers to themselves. And I really want to emphasize this. Now, first and foremost, let me look at the camera when I say this. To the people who are listening and watching this, like if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you're listening on Spotify, or if you're watching this on YouTube, first off, shouts out to you. I'm gonna give you a thumbs up. But at the same time, y'all need to make sure y'all are following Dave on Twitter, first and foremost. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, because we take and do these open mailbag questions, because it gives the viewers a chance to ask you some questions that I didn't like potentially even think of. So if y'all want more questions highlighted, be sure y'all are interacting on social media and really getting your questions in there. But we do have like three questions. First and foremost, this question comes from Anna at Beauty Anna Sim. So shout out to you, Anna, by the way. What was your biggest struggle as a content creator streamer? And were there times you felt like streaming and like quitting all together? Ooh, biggest struggle being biggest struggle. Uh, the biggest struggle for me as a content creator, uh, for those that don't know, and I'm just being extremely honest about it, I used to just stream Pokemon and only Pokemon. And I had a, like, a lot of views at my prime for it. I think probably, we'll say, two years ago, I probably had like three times the amount of viewership and even money 
I was getting from streaming Pokemon. But to lead into my biggest struggle is I started to burn out the game. I used to stream eight, eight hours every day, only Pokemon. But just like all gamers are, like, we don't usually only play one game. Like, we try out the new stuff that comes out. But, you know, I love the growth. But I was like, you know, I, I, I don't want to focus or fixate so much on growth and numbers. I still want to enjoy the content. Not that I wasn't enjoying it, but, like, there'd be another game I want to play. But I'm like, well, let me stream, and maybe I'll stream it or play it later or play it after. You know what I mean? So the struggle was when I made the switch from Pokemon, I just wasn't getting the numbers. I wasn't getting half the views and stuff. So it was pretty it was pretty depressing to be like, you know, now I'm doing variety. Those people don't show up, you know? So yeah. the struggle was figuring out how to grow. Honestly, I'm still figuring this out. Like me, I just recently started streaming Pokemon back, just like filtering it in because I'm interested again. But uh, it was pretty down to be like, ever since I stopped streaming this, like most of those viewers aren't back. Most of the support isn't there. And it was like, I almost thought about just like, Yo, I'm just quit streaming because it's frustrating me too much to stream and not see the chat interaction to have low viewership you know what i mean yeah. and then it was like on one hand i could just go stream pokemon but then on the other hand it's like why are you streaming pokemon is it because i want money because i want growth not saying anything's wrong with like i, I just want to make a preface real quick I'm not saying anything's wrong for having those motivation to be like i just want growth so i'm going to stream only this for growth that's completely fine but for me i came into streaming i want to have fun if I make money, great. You know, if I have a huge amount of number, great. Like, I would love to do it full time. But I came, at the, at the core of it, I just want to enjoy the games and enjoy the content and enjoy the community. That's that's where my heart is with streaming. So if I go back and do a Pokemon, you can tell, like, I'm my heart's on my sleeve always, so you can know how I really feel. Like, I'll tell people, if I don't like this product, I don't like this product. I don't like this game. I ain't enjoying this game. Like, I'm easy to read in that sense. So to go back to it, uh, the hardest thing on Twitch was just kind of figuring out and giving myself back in place to say, hey, I play this because I enjoy it. I stream because of my community. You know, if you get what I'm saying on that. Yes. So it, it's that. And since then, I've learned, I might even almost lost the question and struggle in the last part. But since then, I've just learned to just kind of stream what I enjoy, stream things that work and just have fun, whether it's. 10 viewers or whether it's 2000 you know no i i'm glad you bring bring this up because people so oftentimes like when we talk about the struggle and growth of being a content creator and those moments of you know giving up or like walking away or even taking like you know maybe a break from it and then coming back later people feel like you shouldn't do that or you have to like stay on it the worst advice and i think everybody struggles with this and even i struggle with this sometimes is people be like oh you gotta stick to one certain game if you if you don't play that game you know that makes or breaks your channel like and i've been in chats where viewers have told a growing streamer like you know if you play this one game that's the only game you can play like you got to get established in this community and that's cool that's that's not for everybody though because some people like multiple interests and then the other thing that you really struck out to me was talking about from the business aspect of it the financial aspect of it because we all start off streaming with a love of streaming and that should be the first and foremost thing as to why you want to do this is the love of it the sense of community and doing things that you would enjoy doing even if like a viewership wasn't an issue right mm -hmm. um but on the other end of this, and Cup has talked about this, is realize that when you're on this platform, you are still a business. And if yep. you want to grow, it's okay to address that you want to grow your business. Because at the end of the day, 
you know all of this stuff you know takes takes resources to make happen you know parts break down you have to upgrade you have to make adjustments you want to have high production quality over time and it doesn't have to be perfect at the gate but it does take financial resources to keep these things up and running especially when we're all like really one bad cpu away from like having a bad day mm -hmm. and then if i may add on a bit more to the points um i'll get back to the question a second one thing about the advice of stream one game because like honestly like that's not bad advice only if like it, it just i think what it really boils down to is what are your goals like you know yes. if your goal is to just have fun and you'll care about size then you know you don't gotta do it if your goal is growth i mean like it's it's easier for it's easier to get partnership and to grow in my opinion my opinion only people disagree to stick to one game remain consistent and grow in that community like it's, it's much easier if you probably get partnership faster you probably get viewers faster right but it will be harder for a one game streamer to do variety because people have I've watched Dave for Pokemon. Like literally, what's funny is like I went a couple months, a decent amount of months without streaming Pokemon. Every time I go into a chat, yeah, Dave does Pokemon. It's like, nah, I've been on Final Fantasy for like the past five months. You know what I mean? Not that anything's wrong. <laughs> it's, just, it's like what you're known for. Versus if it's fair to say, I'll use Cup as an example. Like she be streaming a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, some horror games, but she streams what you want. She built up that community, the variety of things. So when she does variety, that's not new. Not to compare, but just saying like we had different ways in you know what I mean? Like different yes. like me, Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. Her, yo, I play this, I play that. You get what I'm saying? So it's a bit easier for her to do something she's been building. I don't want to say a bit easier. So let me preface that. You know, I can't speak for the things she's done that grows. You know what I mean? In the background, you know, so I don't want to come at that that way. But if she does variety, I feel that more people are like, oh, I've seen Cup do variety. Let me go watch her variety streams. But me, I got to build up that community and build up that base to get used to seeing that because they're gonna be like oh snap Dave's not on pokemon what's, what's going on if that makes sense no that makes 100 percent sense and i think that is that's some solid solid advice there's multiple ways to go about it and people just got to discover what works for them because it it's it's hard it's really hard trying to see people struggle and grow and you know everybody wants to give advice but in giving advice realizing it's not one scenario fits all but you have to like take the journey and you have to go through like the motion to figure out which course of action is best for you. I feel like people just quit before they even like get into the journey. Like you, some people, you haven't even done this for 90 days yet and you expect to be partnered right out the gate or you expect right. to be affiliate right out the gate. Whatever your goal is, is you've got to stick with it. You've got to be committed to it and you've got to realize that there's going to be some bumps along the way. Um, right. It just it, it's it's the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. And then, um, if I may add another thing, I think a part of the question, if I'm not mistaken, had how do you overcome it? It was it yes. That? Okay, yeah, that was part uh, of the question. I, I was thinking of that, like how I overcame it in regards to streaming, like doing variety, the frustration, and feeling down. Is I was like, you know, I just refocused on what are my goals, what am I doing Twitch for, what you know, what do I really want to do with this? And honestly, it's like, I just want, at the base, I want to have fun. I do want to grow and find a way. So I'd rather take the risk of streaming these variety games and having a few viewers and enjoying it and seeing if I can make a way to grow 
than saying, let me just stream only one game so I can get the growth I want, and then we'll try to build the variety. Like, you know what I mean? I, I'd rather take the, the more enjoyable route, the harder route, I guess, in this case, and see if I could get up there, you know, because most content creators I watch that I truly, truly enjoy, they don't only play one game. You know what I mean? You know, like, mm -hmm. I, I want to be that type of content creator where you came because, you know, Dave's playing it or you can interact with Dave and have fun and it's interesting. I want to do that. I don't want to be, which nothing's wrong with just the only Pokemon stream because for some people, they're passionate. That works. They make the guides, the playthroughs, etc. And if that works for them and they enjoy it, bet, you know, keep going. Like, that's dope. That's cool content. But for me personally, I just want to mix it up and show you all the sides of me being terrified in horror, the me being hype and that I'm battling in Pokemon versus me, I can't aim in like Valorant, you know, or like I just yell when I shoot, you know. So I, I just want to show you all sides. The personality is what keeps people. Like people may come for a specific game, but if your personality is on point, then nine times, then majority of the time, people come back and stick around because of personality. So yeah. That's a good question. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to Anna for that question uh, once again. Thank you, Anna. And this one, I think we touched on a little bit, but maybe you want to elaborate a little bit more. So once again, this comes from uh, at underscore DJJ music underscore. As a black content creator, what kind of obstacles did you have to overcome on your path to get where you are now? Um, speak on that, whether it's like getting Twitch partnership, whether it's voice acting, just, just how have you overcome the obstacles and barriers that have been put in place i'd say initially first at least I'll, I'll just speak freely and just see where we end up on that question because that's a question that's a question but um how i've done it the first thing i did on twitch you know i realized that there's not at least when i first started i couldn't find many black content creators so what i did is i actively sought them you know what i mean to, i mm -hmm. actively found the sense of community amongst others cool people i like you can vibe with like Sai. A cup and like everybody and you know i that's how i've overcame to find that sense of community and there's many more communities that have been developed to like find you know black content creators that are like me that inspire me so being inspired seeing them grow and see them do things inspire me to do things and work harder myself so that's how i've come came over in regards to issues that have happened you know i, I don't really have any like specific exact instances like oh that happened because i'm black but you know what i mean but in regards to opportunities things of nature i just keep working keep grinding keep finding ways to keep myself inspired or keep myself in a good space you know what i mean so it's more so just like okay if i stay inspired i keep working hard i'll overcome whatever obstacles or specific things that happened like we'll say in regards to voice acting and honestly this is why i'm actually a like i was a fan of christopher freeman like mm -hmm. but i'm a huge fan of him just because of his direct realness he has voice acting mastery podcast and he did an interview with phil lamar phil lamar for those that don't know he is the black voice actor he's the voice of samurai jack static mm -hmm. shock black green lantern and countless other characters like i think he's a futurama also his portfolio is extensive it's crazy it's crazy but it was funny, before our first one-on-one -on -one session, we had a group session before, he wanted me to sit and listen to all five of, like, it was like, I think an hour long, honestly, like, chopped up into pieces. He wanted me to sit and listen to it before a session. And by listening to that, you know, I realized that, hey, like, this is what it's like being Black and voice acting. Like, Phil Lamar touched on a lot of good points about his experience, the past, the things that has happened. But, like, for him to be real, to be like, hey, before our session, I just kind of want to let you know 
what a black experience, black voice actor goes to. You know what I mean? Like Crispin's not black for those that don't know, but it was just cool to him to do that. So like, you know, to go back to your point of how you do things to overcome, you have to hear about other people's experiences so you know what could potentially come ahead, you know, in yours. So keep yourself inspired, uh, learn from others' experiences, and just keep yourself educated as to, like, this could happen or this does happen in this industry. So that's how I overcome, just really learning and staying, staying inspired and willing to work. It just puts it in perspective that you're not alone in the struggle, um, even though sometimes it can feel like it, but you're not alone in your experiences and what you're singing, what you're, you know, feeling. Pe many people have came down the path before you and many will still come on the path like right behind you. But every single time somebody manages to break in, break through, if they can just leave some gems or some knowledge for the ones coming behind, it makes the ability to get in that much more easier for the next person and the next person until you know eventually we tear down what should be all barriers and all excuses as to why like they they wouldn't want us in this field but now this is one more thing that um brought me to you a long time ago is i remember after i discovered your channel i just started following you on twitter and i know you were talking about like the infamous voice role um where they came back with like some unsavory words is the best way i'm going to put it unsavory words that sparked a lot of frustration and anger when with a lot of us and me and chelsea spoke about this on her episode uh -huh. and i still feel this way it's like you know when we give you our best when we work two times three times harder and you still find a way to tear down even the best among us it's like you're telling there's you're basically saying there's no hope for any of us especially when we're giving you the best of who represents our potential so coming from that experience with that company to like now doing auditions and working for others what has that taught you and how did you manage to move on from that because that one that one was a doozy i'm not gonna lie yeah that got a lot of attention but um i'll frame it this way um what is in regards to what it taught me honestly yeah. I, realized like honestly after i got that feedback i was feeling down because like i was like i've been practicing i've been going to classes i've been working hard you know and to hear feedback like that i'm like oh i, I just sound too black basically well not even just too black like that's not even the right word or urban in a sense because that's a different way of saying it but for those that don't know basically uh can i say it, can I say it? yeah explain it? yeah go for it go for it auditioned for something and i'm still keeping the anonymity of the uh anonymity how we say it words are hard of the company and such, but uh, audition for something, and they said basically your tone is great, uh, your delivery's great, this is great, that's great, that's great, but your voice gives off ghetto vibes, and like by definition of ghetto, ghetto by definition is literally of low quality, like slums. You know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. like it's just, not, it's just extremely low low quality. You know, but it's just it was like wait what? Like that that made me feel so down to like dang like you know my my answer reaction that happened like I'm seeing this because like this just got me in my feelings like dang I guess I, I shouldn't be a voice actor like maybe I just sound together I'll just or you know it's not the, that good enough quality do I not pronounce my words right like my, my my brain was going all in spirals about this and I was down but I tweeted out that and like you know it was just a reaction tweet if that makes sense like I was just in my feelings tweeting which I rarely do on Twitter. And that thing got like 5k likes, retweets, people talk about it, people upset, people want to say, name the company, throwing it down. Da, 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 da. I'm like, 
I'm taking a step back. So <laughs> I had to, I had to. Dang, man, I want to quote this part, this interview. Uh, it did. But uh, basically from this, a lot of good happened. What, crazily enough, Christina V, are you familiar with her? Uh, I, no, I'm not familiar with her. You familiar with Sailor Moon? Yes. Voice actress of Sailor Mars, I believe. Oh, okay. She's uh, going to be in Tower of God. She's in a lot of things. She's been in the voice industry for like a long, 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 long time. She okay. followed me and said, send me over your voice reel. Like other people, what's voice reel or other voice actors and actresses follow me. Um, like a lot of people came to me like, you know, like, oh, that's wrong. They follow me. And like, you know, believe it or not, like from that bad instance, a lot of voice actors and actresses follow me. And I was like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? And let's say I get a role or let's say I got a reel I put on Twitter, they can see that. So in that really bad instance, did a really good thing for me. You get what I'm saying? You know, made companies be like, oh, I remember that guy. You get what I'm saying? So like good eventually came out of it. So I'm not mad that it happened, if that makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. so that, that was a lesson itself. But any of how I got over it is, like, this is how I, you know, how I improve in everything. You know, it's like, okay, that happened. I'm sad. Do I still want to be a voice actor? Yes. So what should I be doing? You're going back to the dartboard analogy. I need to keep throwing darts. You know, like, I'm down. Like, I don't, I'm not the type of person. If I get sad, I need to figure out, okay, what she goes, let's keep working towards it. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll cheer up over time. Let's keep going. I'll give you an example. Uh, My first session with Crispin Freeman last week, right? Since I yes. told you he's very direct. Like, there's so many things he outlined I need to work on. It took me a long time to get the delivery he wanted me to do. After the session, like, I was inspired, but I was like, dang, like, I'm really not that good in my opinion. I must not be. But I had to put it in perspective to say, no, he's going, he could sit here and be like, you did good at this, you did good at that. He could do that and spend time doing it, or he could spend time saying, you need to improve on this, you need to work on this, you need to study this. You get what I'm saying? That's much more valuable telling me what I need to work on. Yeah. So I keep going. Like, you know, I, I, I feel like as a teacher, it's funny, like, this is all correlating. As a teacher, like, it is sometimes good to tell people what they do good. But if you're going to teach them, tell them what they're not doing well and help direct them towards where they need to go. Like that. So from that session, I was like, no, it's not that I'm bad at this. I have things to work on. Just like anybody, it's just if a professional came up to him, he's not going to tell him what you work, what you're good at. You already are doing that. What do you need to work on? So, yeah, it, it's basically that. It's basically that if that answers the entire question. Continue. Because I believe in the podcast, you know, uh, I'm paraphrasing um, that you all mentioned like, oh, well, he chose not to out the company. We could do it. Some people asked as to why I didn't. And like me, it was a couple things. Like I honestly, personally don't like being the figurehead of why a company gets the bad rep, if that makes sense. It, like I, I, I don't want to do that. And another thing is that was my interaction with just one individual. That doesn't mean their entire staff or you get what I'm saying. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. represent the whole thing, even though it is important to highlight. So I felt like, okay, well, this is a very smaller company, indie people. Um, I don't feel comfortable like messing up a product they're working hard on just because of my interaction with one individual that I just choose not to work with. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I took that. It's like, but I mean, let's say I tried out again for something, which I'm not going to for them specifically, and I got on and I got that feedback. I'm going to be like, nah, y'all, y'all, it's XYZ. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just the take I walked out with 
to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep going. Good will come out, which good did come out of it as a result. And, yeah, I mean, I, I could content, be content and live with that. That is honestly very admirable, and I give you my full respect for that because many others, like I said, I know me personally, Chelsea, and then anybody else who are viewing that, we we would have been ready to tear that company down, like seriously. But when you put it in that perspective, even though one individual felt that way, it doesn't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of an entire company, which sometimes we do forget. We we may just have an experience like one or two individuals, but not necessarily the whole entire establishment feels that way. But uh, in in moments like this, in moments like that, it's hard to forget. So that's just that's just the and I know people are different. Some people might have been like X, Y, Z. I'm like, I just don't feel that that's what I wanted to do. So I, I just took that outlet because trust me a lot of people was pressuring me like name the name and then i'm just like look this is what i'm comfortable with this is how i'm doing it i just ask that you know you don't push me to do something i don't want to do yeah it's like in this specific scenario at least and i think that was right i think that that was the right way to handle it especially if people care for you and they truly have empathy and you know want the best for you then they should you know respect your wishes and they say okay you cool well, if you cool, we cool. But the moment you're not cool, let us know. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. I appreciate. Just in case I didn't say, I appreciate like the amount of love and support people came out because people were hard for me. I'm like, oh man, like yo, I feel, I feel, I feel like cared for. That was really, 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 really nice to everybody for the words. You, you DM me about it too, man. And I was like, yo, I, I, I'm very grateful and appreciated for that. Man, you're welcome. It's just. It, it, it's it's hard it, it just uh it, it really resonated with a lot of us so we we had to make sure but i'm glad that you took the course that you did and uh you just gave me some new perspective because i never followed up to ask you like you know how your interaction with them was after that just like the initial like instance but you know it's it's good to see you still thriving growing and not letting them get in your way of what you want to do indeed indeed awesome well, man, um, now comes that time of the interview where I always like to ask the interview, the interviewee to appoint two more people to get up on this stage and share their story. Um, and just like I said in the email, I always tell people, don't tell me in advance who you're about to nominate because I want to be just as surprised as everybody else um, and see like their initial reaction. So, day to Dave, mm -hmm. who... One man, one woman. If you could choose to have anybody come up on here for the Disconnect podcast right behind you and share their story and experiences, who would it be? One man and one woman. So for the man, by far, I mentioned him a lot. Side B plays games. Okay. Uh, get the point. I did speak on him a lot, but I can share some more words, of course. Side's so an amazing guy, funny, entertaining, talented, amazing content creator and streamer. You gotta follow him. Like I said, I was a fan, or I am a fan for that matter, of him, you know, and it's just being a pleasure being his friend, knowing them and seeing him grow and the things he's doing. You know, you should you should definitely interview Sai and check him out. He's an amazing content creator. All right. So Sai, you have been put on notice. We want you up here on the Disconnect Podcast, and we are not gonna let you get away until we have you up on this podcast. So, you know what? I'm looking to the camera. You're up next. All right, you've been put on notice. So now that we got Sai out the way, for your female pick, who have you nominated? 
the girl pick, I'm going to pick Barefoot Gypsy. She oh, is, hell. It is, just, <laughs> it is a joy. It is a joy, genuinely a joy seeing her grow and thrive. Like I just it just i just it just makes me so happy to just see like where she's going, where she's growing, and like recently the Reebok sponsorship. Like I'm just like, yo, she going up, she doing things, man. I'm very, very, very happy every time I hear like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm I'm this on Twitch. I got this game going. Like, I'm just I just love seeing it. Seeing her growth, her personality is amazing. She's great. She's great. She's someone that's definitely, definitely everyone should check out. Good old Jip Jip. I didn't expect her name to come up so suddenly and so quickly, but you know, I would love to sit down and talk to her on a more personal level than what I already do. Every time I see Gypsy, let me give y'all some backstory for those you don't know. Every time I see Gypsy, it's always like, we got to take some jabs at each other. I don't know why and how this happened. She uh, one day asked me what my real name was. It's Marius. It's no secret. Like it's on my Twitter. It's on my like page. Like everybody knows my first name by now. She thought Marv was short for Marvin because everybody calls me Marv for short because of my Twitch name. I said, no, Marv, Marvin is not my name. That's my daddy's name. Get it right. So ever since I said never slipped up and told her Marvin is my daddy's name. She's like, it's your name now. I'm like, why we gotta be like this? I'm glad you brought her up. Like she has honestly been doing an amazing job. In the wake of this whole COVID-19 thing, which we didn't even discuss the impact of COVID-19 on everything that we're doing um, that's been happening, right? But mm -hmm. in the wake of this, you know, having that real to real talk and her being, you know, open up talking about how she was let go from like her day to day job to now being partnered, which we told her it was coming. She just had to believe the Reebok sponsorship. The, the sub account has been crazy. Just all the good things that are happening to all the right people. I can appreciate because oftentimes or not, it's hard for all of us to look in on our journey and be like, I'm not growing fast enough. I'm not doing such and such, you know, you're comparing yourself to the next person, which it happens to everybody. In doing that, you have to step back and appreciate the good that's happening for your peers and the friends around you because it makes you realize if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. They put in the work, they've done the mileage, they've done, you know, all the tangibles that they needed to get this checked off. So instead of compare, comparing and being jealous or envious of the next person, go to them with questions, ask them, how can I be better? What can I do? And at the same time, just enjoy seeing somebody grow because we've all, we all have to go through the struggle. Mm -hmm. You're right though. You're right though. For real, for real, man. I can't wait for her to see this and see that you nominate her for this. <laughs> be a good one indeed. I look forward to it, Marvin, right? <laughs> oh my God. See, there you go. <laughs> But uh, that'll be great, for real, man. I look forward to seeing that. All right, so Cyby plays games and then Barefoot Gypsy. Y'all have been put on notice. Y'all are the next nominations for the Disconnect podcast. So we we got some work to do. We got to keep bringing some dope uh, streamers, game devs, creators up here to share their stories. So uh, I look forward to it. But Dave, before I let you go, before we end this recording, you got to officially let the people know where to find you. Now, here's the thing. On the video, your social media has been going across the stream this entire time, like in the little like display capture. But for those of you who are listening through the podcast only and not on YouTube, which you should be doing, plug, plug, not a shame. Tell people where they can find you across social media. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash data Dave TV. And on Twitch, you can find me at twitch.tv slash data Dave. All right. Awesome. Did you want to give them Instagram, YouTube and that other yeah. stuff as well? YouTube, very similar, youtube.com slash data Dave, Instagram, 
it's day-to-day tv all right there we go so y'all have the full link find them on twitter find them on instagram twitch especially and youtube as well if you enjoy some good quality premium content and i'm serious you don't do these interviews just for fluff or to fill in time because lord knows i could talk about a lot of things but it's just wonderful to bounce some ideas and some experiences off another individual maybe like dial back what we once thought we knew so y'all be sure to go check my man day to dave out any last words you want to leave them with it's fun thank you very much if y'all haven't already subscribed to the podcast please do you know whichever platform you know sub to the youtube apple spotify all that man i've enjoyed this and thank you for the time yo thank you man i've appreciated we'll be doing this again soon let me know take care we'll talk to you again soon man all right you have a good one too once again i want to thank day to day for joining me on today's podcast episode i felt like we covered a wide range of topics that was informational for everyone as always i need to thank you the viewers and the listeners out there hopefully we left you with some food for thought to help spark conversation if you're not following me on social media do so find me on twitter and instagram at marvelous underscore play If you enjoyed this episode and want much more, find the Disconnect Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Be sure to rate us five stars when you do. Now, if you're viewing this on YouTube, kudos to you. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and click that subscribe button and notification bell to be alerted of all future content. Now, as always, I am your host, Marvelous Play, and this has been the Disconnect Podcast. We'll see you next time.